Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. I am so thrilled to be doing this throwback episode. Uh, It's, ooh, I realize I just didn't write this, what episode it is. I think it's season five, episode seven of Teen Mom OG. Oh, episode six. And that's Tomlin. Hi, Tomlin. Hey, Liz. I feel like you haven't been on Feathers in My Hair in a long time. You've been on the Patreon a couple times, but you haven't been on here in forever. It has been a minute. When was the last time? What did we talk about last time? I think we talked about a throwback. Yeah, I think we did. We talked about Javi and Kale's wedding. (gasps) Yeah, wow, we did. Oh, that was tough. Oh, that That ugly ass wedding. Oh, that ugly ass wedding. But I had an idea. I was like, I had to do a throwback. And I was like, you know where I haven't revisited is OG when it first came back because it came back in 2015. And I started this podcast in early 2017 at the beginning of 2017. So at that time, it was like too recent to do as a throwback episode. It wasn't you know what I mean? Like it was so recent in our minds and now it's been a while. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in those like two seasons before I covered OG. There's a lot that happens. And in this episode specifically, it was kind of fucking weird because they're like in teen mom, specifically in the teen mom fandom, there are moments that the fans will absolutely beat to death Mm -hmm. in discussion. And I counted like four of them, like one for each and every girl like, like, like I, I'm not going to ruin the whole episode, so but literally this is the shit that, this is back oh when my I God. used to write for like Teen Mom Junkies yeah, that people were fucking harping on. And I know, I'm pretty sure you and I are thinking of the same four for all, like the same four for all the girls. You're so fucking right. Let's go, what, can we announce at the top yeah. of like each girl's, like which, what we that's think a, it is? That's a good idea. Should we start with Kate? Because even though she has a baby in this episode, it's definitely, there's like, it's the least... And it's the most anticlimactic of all of them. I mean, in a good way, though, for Kate. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So what I think you're going to say is that Kate gets uh, diabetes and still eats at the baby shower and says, it's my baby shower. I can do what I want. Yes. People (laughs) will never, ever, ever, ever fucking let her eating that piece of fried chicken go. Never. Gifts I have seen of that. And the fact that Kate did not have fucking gestational diabetes with Carly and didn't have it with Veda means nothing to people. They will not accept that it's a medical condition that just has. Obviously, it's not good to not manage your diabetes while you're pregnant. Don't do that to your baby. But she had one plate of food at a fucking party. This is America. Don't tell me that people with diabetes never have treat meals and then get to live normal, productive lives. Also, later in the episode, her blood sugar is 98, which as somebody who has diabetes in my family, 98 is a very good blood sugar to have. Yeah, and they showed her looking like hella depressed over it. And I was very confused as somebody with uh, a lot of unmanaged diabetes in my family. (laughs) Like 98, if you have diabetes, like 98 is a stellar blood sugar to have. Yeah, like, I I thought it was confused, because, like, Kate isn't a small child, like, no, it, it was, it was very weird, obviously, it was, like, manipulation on the part of MTV, but to me, it was stupid manipulation, and I will never not be shocked by, like, how fucking angry people were about that. Uh, so, Kate definitely falls into this trap of a fat person that doesn't uh, constantly talk about hating their body, and that makes people really angry. It makes people so angry and people 
have fucking issues is like the only thing that I can say about it because they like project all this like super weird shit onto Kate and, and like, Tyler honestly, and Tyler. They projected onto both of them. And I think I need to add that her also having a thin look is Tyler hot. No, but he's not ugly. Like a that's thin, another pet peeve of the fucking fandom because people, yes, Tyler has a small head. Yes. He looks like he's 15 years old, but objectively he's in not the ugly. part of the country they live in. And in general, I would bet any fucking money in the world that Tyler would look like a treat next to a lot of people's mans. Plus, as you all know, I've seen Tyler in person. And let me tell you, my first impression of him was that he was taller than I thought he would be. He was tall and like, I wouldn't say he was handsome, but I was like, oh, Tyler's cute, like, in person. I'd say he looks less young in person. He looked, I think his height in real life, like, gives him, because you're not, at least for me as a short person, I should speak as myself, so I'm not zoomed in on his face, you know, when I'm, like, 5'1", and he's, I'm looking up. Um, But he's, in person, he's not ugly. He's not ugly at all, and nothing people hate more than, like, a cute guy with a, a fat chick. Which is insane because, like, heterosexual couples are usually, like, so unevenly matched in the other direction that, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we as women should kind of rally um, around that so more of us can have that, you know? How about, for example, Joe and V? <laughs> At least people acknowledge all the time that, like, Joe, I don't even like when people say that Joe upgraded because, like, I mean, now looking at Joe and Kale, I still don't think. I still still think think Joe looks good enough to be with Kale. A hundred percent, I agree. And let's be real, Joe's put on a hundred pounds since getting with V, literally, probably, maybe 50 to 60 pounds. He's put on a lot of weight, maybe not a hundred, 50 to 60 pounds since getting with V. And she's just stayed just as pretty. (laughs) V is a beautiful person inside and out. And that's why she still loves Joe, even though he looks like a Ninja Turtle and doesn't have a real job. I'm on your side of being a Joe is a bum truther. Yeah, he doesn't have and a job. It and it kind of hurts me because V is pretty and nice, but I feel like that makes her a bum by association. Because mm. I don't yeah, think she you... has a job either. They both live off of Kale's coattails and then people wonder like why they don't like go harder on Kale. And it's like, because that's how they fucking eat. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. But nobody ever gives, very rarely do people like lose their minds over Joe and V and their looks the way that they do with Caitlyn. And people just, you're seeing it now with Janelle. Um, You see it with Kate. You see it with Kale. People just hate a fat person that's not constantly trying to lose weight, which look, would Kate be happier if she worked out? Probably. Because working out does give you endorphins and it seems like she sits around a lot. I'm sure Kate would be happy. I would love to see Kate get into yoga, you know, and like do some stuff for her body and her mind. But like this idea that Kate, people are always talking about how much Kate hates her body. And I'm like, but she never says that. Maybe she said it like twice in this entire series. Like Kate cares about her body about a hundred times less than everybody else does online. It's because everybody online, like, really intense, like, they listened to Kate say that she, when she was very upset and she didn't want Tyler to leave her because of their severe fucking adoption trauma, she made it about, like, I'm not a size two like other girls yeah. in the club. And it's like, if you guys weren't literal idiots, you would realize that that fight was a lot bigger than her not being a size two and was yeah. about the fact that she felt Tyler pulling away from their very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And she but, was 19 like, years old. Like... 
but everybody will just ignore that and focus like on her weight and I feel like that's what a lot of people do with their mental and physical health and just like I mean it's the same shit I used to be on tumblr in like 2010 and shit when people used to write those lists for like the pro Anna shit and they'd be like things I can do once I reach my goal weight and some of them would be like smile at strangers in public and it's like yeah no you just (laughs) people think that they can't find any happiness in their life until they look the way on the outside they want to feel on the inside so they think that that's not possible for Kate either but as somebody who was raised by a fat mom who didn't like being fat that didn't mean she just fucking hated her entire life and her entire existence. Mm-hmm. My mom loved it when I like took pictures of herself and she loved to get dressed up and put on earrings, but she also fucking loved fried food. So it yeah, just I mean, was what it was, you know? Like that's how I feel about myself, which is why like maybe I'm projecting onto Kate, but it's like, do I want to lose weight? Yeah. Is it like a constant thing that I like would like to lose weight and I would like to be thinner? Yes, because I live in Western society. You know what I mean? And like that's the only messaging I ever get. But like, I honestly don't think about my body that much. I don't think about my weight that much. It's not something that plagues me. Like, it people think Kate have, has to be like so depressed over it, and it doesn't have to be that way. I once read a Reddit post on I frequent the Eugenia Cooney subreddit. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> Just, I, Liz, I saw her for the first time in like 2013 and I've just had to keep checking back because I feel like if I stop checking, something bad will happen. I understand. Well, something bad's happening right now because I just saw a picture for the other day. Oh, I haven't checked in a few days and now I'm upset. It's not good. Um, But I ended up in like another eating disorder subreddit because obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And somebody made a post basically saying that like, and this is their words about themselves. I didn't see a picture, know anything about them, but this woman was saying, you know, I'm not very pretty. I'm not very funny. I'm not charismatic. I'm not good at making friends. I'm so-so at my career. I've never done well in school or been very smart, but I can walk into the room and be the thinnest person. And that makes me feel amazing. And I was just like, oh, yikes. Cause I just, I never, I had never even considered feeling that way. Like, even on, in the pursuit of, like, aesthetic weight loss in my life, it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, ooh, yikes. And it makes me really sad for people that may also be feeling that way and just yeah. kind of, like, venting it. On, because not everybody's brave enough to say that straight up and post it on an eating disorder sub. But mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of, like, shit out in a shit post comment when somebody's already shitting on somebody for being fat. So and I just, I, I, I wish the best for people because it just makes me sad. Yeah, I think the reality is that, so many women especially are just like programmed to literally hate their bodies from when they're like five years old that a woman that doesn't verbally express that all the time if she's not real thin is like it's like a projection of like it's like how come you don't feel the way I do you must feel the way that I do it's sad I I I was so fucking skinny as a kid growing up during like the beginning of like the thick Georgia South rap era and thought that I had problems <laughs> oh my little right. Tomlin. <laughs> I was 99 pounds till I was 15 and thought that it was like the grossest thing on earth. So I don't know. I wish I could just fix all of us. <laughs> Which also goes to show like how meaningless weight is. It's like all culture. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's all just meaningless bullshit that like women are programmed to hate themselves about. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm only 27 years old. I'm very fucking sure people growing up in the exact same years that I did, like, had the opposite experience. So it's all just arbitrary to make people feel bad. Exactly. So this episode is Caitlin and Tyler have Nova, um, but it starts out with, this is kind of hard. Okay, so basically I picked this episode because it's the one where Farrah comes back on the show and Macy quits. And it kind of, so Caitlin and Tyler's segment starts out and the producer is like, we have something to tell you. And they're like, Fair is back on the show. And they're like, we knew it. Kate and Ty knew it. If you'll remember, Caitlin and Tyler had beef when the show was off the air, mostly played out via <laughs> VH1's couples therapy reunion. <laughs> they weren't even on the same fucking season. No. <laughs> that was such a weird thing. They did like a where they now reunion and they had beefed a little bit on Twitter. I think Tyler had some shitty comments about Farrah's sex tape scandal, as she calls it in this episode. He said she sounded like a dying horse or one of them said that. And it was like, (laughs) oh, so you watched it. I think it was Tyler. (laughs) You know, uh, they're okay with it. They're like, we had problems in the past, but we're fine with it. And here's the thing. I think Kate gets a lot of shit for hating Farrah. Um, and called like a follower for not liking Farah, but Kate and Tyler were probably the most accepting of everyone of Farah coming back. And I don't think they really turned on her until Farah was a fucking terror to everybody. Oh. I truly believe that Kate has the most legitimate reason for yeah. having an issue with Farah. Like she and Farah actually had words like Amber's whole beef with Farah is that Simon roasted Matt, the grossest, most creepy person on the planet on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And Macy's just mad because he said Simon said Taylor and her looked like cousins. I mean, um, facts are facts, <laughs> right? Like that's that's not Simon's fault, really, because no. all of the things he said on that Snapchat were like factual statements, yes. like, rude opinions. Well, that's like, but like you know, the thing that drove me up a wall about Simon, we'll get there, is that like he would have a lot of these rants where he said things that were like true and we all agreed with but then he would say like really wild shit and And i'm like uh no i don't think so just because like we all agree that matt's a pedophile like doesn't mean that i believe that heather was fired for giving somebody drugs or whatever he was like spewing at that time I'm so fucking disappointed in Simon because he was such a good, like, inside man troll, mm-hmm. but he let it go to his head and it just burned out way that's, too quickly. That's really true. Have you seen him recently? He lost a ton of weight. I saw, I feel like I, it's been like a year, but I saw somebody post something of him where he looked like, because he got like fat when he was with Yeah, Farrah. he wrote that he like stopped eating uh, junk food and smoking weed, I think. Because you know he and Farrah just like got high and like would eat like $500 dinners. Like... Oh, yeah. And you know that Farah like, probably has an eating disorder that she's not even aware of, really, oh, I think. Paris. So she was, like, probably, like, chugging a bottle of champagne that was half the cost, and Simon was eating the rest of his and, like, you know, calorie-dense foods and bread. It's hard to tell how thin Farah is because her boobs and her butt are huge, and they, like, distract you. But if you look at, like, if you look at Farah, she's very thin. She is really, really thin, and you're right about how just, like, the bulkiness. It shows you how big her fucking implants and, like, fat transfer shit are. Because, like, it makes her chest look, like, so bulky. But if you look at her clavicle, if you look at that, like, that little connection. I was holding my clavicle as I said that. (laughs) 
because like I mean I have like a semi-visible collarbone like depending which way I move my head but you can see like all three like points of her clavicle all the time you know what's weird no matter how much weight I gain I always have a like a visible collarbone I think it's just like how my body is I feel like that's common because I have a couple friends like that and there used to be this meme that went around that was like body positive I guess and it was just like a healthy person shouldn't have a collarbone showing like that's for anorexics and it was like okay like let's calm down on the skeletons yeah oh god (laughs) there was a lot of bad body positivity from like 2007 to 2015 remember real women have curves (laughs) (sighs) Oh my, do you know how much my mom fucking liked that movie? Yeah, of course. I would be like, oh, I will be in the, and you know, I like America Ferrero, but oh, I was I like very much too. like, I'll be in another room. This makes me like nothing but uncomfortable. Well, like, because it was radical at the time and we didn't stop to think what the phrase real women meant. <laughs> oh, and I mean, especially with like trans people being acknowledged as like humans with rights like saying real anything has <laughs> yes. taken like a real kind of like no. yikes connotation on true <laughs> like, every year it gets worse like where we <laughs> become more aware it's like oh there's another reason we shouldn't say real women <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. see now i'm thinking about america ferrera and i'm thinking about sisterhood of the traveling pants and how that premise also weirded me out as a kid because i was like why is this book about their body shape and pants <laughs> like America for our so beautiful. I watched Gotta Kick It Up, the Disney Channel original, the other She's night. And I, was just, <laughs> I have I fucked with Ugly Betty, even though like the whole first season was just the devil wears Prada in long form. And sure. I wrote it out to the end. I love her. Yeah, she's really good. And you know what? Ugly Betty has an iconic cast. It was such a good ensemble. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. I love America. Okay, so not America the country, America the person. <laughs> so kate has gained 20 pounds since the last time she saw the doctor the doctor told her only to gain 10 more pounds and she has uh how do you say that word guess gestational there you go diabetes it's but it like doesn't seem like a big deal they have her baby shower it's oh i love this time period where they like have money but like not really a ton of money like not like they have now so like it's still it's kind not of- like they have now and the other part of it is that you have to remember the checks stopped for a while you know when you mm-hmm. get like a new job after a minute of not having money and you get that first check and it's still like nothing because you're like i've had negative money for a month oh yes i do know that because i'm bad with money <laughs> it, it gave me kind of that feel it was kind of just like we got money today yeah, it's, I mean, look, I think if they had a baby shower now, I don't think they had one for Veda, I can't remember. But if they had a va- baby shower now, I think it'd be like in a nicer hall than it was for that one. And I'm uh, thinking about it and I feel like Kate and Tyler have like pretty good etiquette considering who they were raised by. They do. You know what? They have manners. I think so. You know, I can honestly, I can see how people would think that April would, because April was a bad mother. Like, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend like she wasn't, but I could also see her being the kind of person who, like, slaps you in the back of the head if you don't say please and thank you to your grandma. Yeah, exactly. She, like, like taught you manners. Respect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She taught you manners. I should beat the shit out of you. 
<laughs> like I could definitely like see that and I think that Kim is like a night I didn't Butch say that she's like a born-again Christian she seems like I she, mean, taught, she like, is because they found like Bethany Christian service and remember they were doing all all that pro-life stuff like they always had a weird Christian Ben that they just like never showed on the show even at this baby shower though when um Kate's grandma got her the present she was like oh this is all my stuff from when I was a kid like oh my first bible and it's like, oh, okay, you guys are, you've always been Christian, just like, as most Christians, pretty meh about it. Yeah, and I don't think they, like, go to church in their regular life, but maybe on, like, Christmas. Christmas, Easter Christians, like, yeah. everybody. Um, and then they have Baby Nova. It's kind of a, like, a, a boring episode for them, considering they have a baby, but I will say, I feel like you can kind of see in Kate, like, I know postpartum depression doesn't start until after the baby's born, but you can kind of feel that she's, like, I don't know, anxious, and, like, I really think that Nova's pregnancy and birth and, like, infancy were very, very hard for Kate, and it was just, like, totally reprocessing all of the trauma of Carly. Yeah, she definitely, like, in the scene where she said that she just didn't care and she was gonna eat everything like I don't actually care that Caitlin ate the fried chicken but you could sense some sort of like stress in her yeah that didn't seem related to like the diabetes thing I believe her when she said she didn't give a fuck but it was kind of like she seemed like she wanted to blow off steam I think she just especially because we just saw her pregnancy with Veda and I know you don't watch anymore and why would anybody watch anymore really (laughs) but except for me who's forced to watch this fucking show (laughs) Um, compulsory fanship it's an interesting concept um but she seems so much happier and present and like smiling and laughing throughout this pregnancy and i don't know i think because i just saw that i was like yeah she looks different here she definitely, like, I don't know, seems kind of down. But also, it's, like, Michigan in the middle of winter. <laughs> Be back after a quick break. Well, I think the other thing is also that, like, Kate went through her thing a couple years back where she needed to go get mental health treatment a couple different times. Mm-hmm. But be it postpartum or when, Kate has been horribly depressed for, like, probably her, whole her life. entire life yeah so yeah the postpartum issue and all the hormones I'm sure exacerbated that but I think Kate just needed help in general that she got before she had Veda and is she a perfect person who's perfectly healthy I don't know her but probably not because none of us really are but was she just in a better place in life in general like even setting aside the trauma with Carly I think if she had kept Carly she still would have like yeah. spiraled really fucking horribly if she had even just that kid or a second kid who was Nova after that because her life circumstances were so fucked up and that first pregnancy was tied to basically like the undoing of her life as she knew it when as a child. Yeah, that's really true. And I do want to say, because I saw this on Reddit today or yesterday, and I it's another thing that this fandom always harps on with Kate. And it's when she went to treatment that second time And Tyler was like, well, aren't you going to say goodbye to Nova? Because she just dropped Nova off and was like, I'll be back later. And she was like, no, she'll manage. And people find that to be the most disgusting thing that anybody's ever said. And Kate was so heartless. And I just want to remind people that Kate was like actively suicidal at that moment. And she probably was feeling heartless. You know, like she probably was detached from her daughter because she was like trying not to kill herself 
and she didn't kill herself and she got herself help and like did she handle that whole going away for the second time in the best way she could have for nova like no but she was having like a mental breakdown and the fact is that third treatment that she went to fucking worked and she's doing so much better and if nova's biggest trauma in life is kate leaving for that and not saying goodbye then like that's not a bad life for nova that's not a bad life for fucking anybody i want to know who raised what perfect people raised the people who really feel this way like do you know how upset a regular average person who was raised by well-adjusted people and goes on to have a kid who's a shitty teenager and says something shitty to them do you know how many worse things the average person could think to say than like she'll manage yeah and it's like like, i get that kids are affected by things and absences and people have memories that'll surprise you from earlier than they think but like a parent being away for a month without explaining it to a kid who's like two and a fucking half like come on Let's really seriously come off it. Kate and Tyler would have to fuck up seriously in connecting with Nova for, like, a long period of her Mm -hmm. life after that. Like, especially continuing to now, that was, like, two years ago, for me to seriously be convinced that it is, like, the sign that Nova is going to have, like, some serious... Like, people were saying that Nova will have, like, reactive attachment issues. (laughs) Like, what fucking planet do you people live on? Like... Fucking April probably used to, like, leave Kate for a month at a time to get high and shit. And, like, they literally worked that out. Like, literally. And not to mention, Nova was left with her loving father, who was with her 24-7. You know, like, she was still in her safe and secure home. It's not like they just dropped Nova off somewhere and were like, we'll be back in a month. Figure it out, bitch. Like... Yeah, and also, Nova's bum-ass parents don't have no fucking jobs. <laughs> They're with her <laughs> all the time. time yeah. to see that baby. It's so true. <laughs> I am still, like, dying to know what's going on with their tax situation. Dude, I can't even, I really, truly haven't made a lot of room in my mind for that, because, like, I need to see documents, or somebody needs to explain this to me, because you can't just tell me somebody owes $800,000 <laughs> in taxes, no. and I'm just like, oop, let me start speculating. What, what do I know about $800,000, Liz? When have I ever had $800,000? Apparently, it goes back to 2016, which would be the year after this show came, like, the show came back on, and it's like, I don't know. How do you owe $800,000? I love how that, like, seems to point to the fact that when they were, like, living under the roofs of actual crackheads, they were, like, paying their taxes. (laughs) Right? But then they, like, got on their own and they're like, fuck it. Imagine (laughs) if April was the one that was, like, getting on TurboTax. I was, like, down to Um, $10.99. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if April was very smart with how you manage your money with the government. You know what? Taxes and government forms are something that people who have lived hard and fast can really teach you a thing or two about. Literally. It's like in the wild and wonderful. I have friends who have done drugs who tell me really good legal ways to get fast cash, and I'm like, ooh, I'll use that. It's like the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, how they're all on disability because their dad got them all on disability by the time they were like 13. And they just have it for life. (laughs) I know, right? Um, so that's really it for Kate and Tyler. Let's talk about, should we go to, God, there's so much. I guess we should go to Macy next. <laughs> I found Macy's segment, like, every scene was genuinely, like, hilarious. 
really hilarious. So for Macy, different reasons in each and every one of them too. It was mm, it was beautiful. There's so much fucking. Oh, there's so much to talk about with this. There's so much. Okay, so okay, Macy so gets. What? Wait, no. What happened in this episode that people will never ever let go of? Okay. I would say two things, but I think the main one is just Macy quitting and being a hypocrite. Yeah, being a total fucking hypocrite. And like one of the producers even subtly kind of points out that she's being a hypocrite. Literally, literally. They go, well, you know, Farrah's on the show and she's a felon and got arrested and was addicted to drugs. Okay. Here's the thing. So Macy quits in this Wait, episode. Wait, hold on. I think I think the second thing is the part where Ryan is on the balcony talking to his friends. Yep. <laughs> about this MTV film and show. Yep. And the morals, the lack of morals that Vera has. Mm-hmm. She nasty. She ain't got no morals. Mm-hmm. Oh God, we, we'll get there because I have a lot to say about that. Anyway. So Macy gets told the news and she's like, okay, you guys basically can go fuck yourselves. Like my six-year-old son is not going to be on TV with someone who did porn. Now, is Macy a hypocrite? Yes. But I have always maintained that Macy was the one out of all of them that was building a brand off of this show. The show goes off the air. She's doing like her candy speaking tour. She was getting paid a lot of money to go to colleges and speak at those colleges and do her like pro abstinence bullshit that she was doing. And I think what really happened is that if you guys will remember, Farrah's porn was called Backdoor Teen Mom. And it got so much press. And anytime you like even mention Teen Mom, people would be like, with that girl that did porn? Because it was like such a big deal. And I think what Macy was actually mad about, but she would never admit this. And Taylor actually says this. He says it in kind of a roundabout way, but this is what he says, is the issue is, is that like Farrah's porn hurt Macy's career, I bet. And I wonder if some speaking engagements pulled out because yeah, Amber did all of that stuff, but like the porno was such a big deal. And like sex workers are so shamed in our society. And like what Farrah did was like so shameful not to me but like in society's viewpoint that I wonder if it fucked with Macy's money in some way and Taylor even says what Macy's getting at everything she's trying to build and portray gets brought back two steps when she's linked with Farah. and I was thinking like I wonder if some colleges canceled on her if a brand that she was working with pulled out and she just doesn't want to say that I can totally see that, and I get her being mad about it, but I'm more, um, I like the ideology that Tyler used in the episode, because Tyler was basically the one that thought Macy was doing too much. Like, Caitlin yeah. and Tyler both kind of said, like, she's doing a lot, but didn't badmouth her. Mm-hmm. But go, Macy's going to be the most upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler basically said, like, come on, it's reality TV, controversy is good. So Tyler was basically like, bitch, stop trying to fuck other people's money up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. just because you're mad and you want to be a fucking princess like it seems like everybody else clearly knows they're on a show about trash and just yes. because it's like macy's like people giving her speaking engagements to like st- like young kids in flyover states that are gonna like go to anti-abortion protests in the future <laughs> after listening to her it's kind of like to me that's a too bad so sad macy that's what you get for getting involved with like right-wing conservatives who hate women yes okay. Like, I totally agree. I I just think that like that 
I don't agree with Macy, but I, I've always kind of thought that must have been the actual thing that was going on. I think it's interesting too, but like Caitlin and Tyler were relying on a lot of those same gigs for money, yeah. just doing it in the adoption bend, and they didn't seem to have the same beef. I personally think that Macy is a naturally lazy and unmotivated person. Yeah. So she was mad that she might have to. I think she was mad because she was the golden child, and she realized that not only maybe she had things that were drying up monetarily, but I think she realized she would have to work harder to be the center of attention and eventually Ryan's drug addiction and things that made her dramatic would have to be a part of her plot because her being a cute happy family with Taylor was not as exciting as porn and it wasn't as exciting as Amber getting out of jail I think she was salty because she was America's favorite because she was super skinny (laughs) despite not being that cute in the face and everybody like called her like the most beautiful girl in America on Teen Mom I think that's a really, really good point. I definitely agree with it. I think um, the reason that Caitlin and Tyler weren't upset is because as soon as that team mom check started coming around, they're like, bye. We're never doing a speaking engagement again. (laughs) They were like, bye-bye adoption speaking tour. We're getting MTV money now. Like, I'm never sure like how foolheartedly Caitlin and Tyler ever like believed in that shit. They were just like, oh, you want to pay us? Like, if I know anything about Caitlyn and Tyler, is that they'll do almost anything for money. <laughs> they don't seem like they have the most scruples in the world. Their clickbait <laughs> is always cool. <laughs> oh my We're giving God. Nova away. <laughs> she was murdered. And it's like somebody's grandma had a dream once about a ghost murdering someone. <laughs> I actually, I kind of love like how few fucks that they give. Honestly, I have come fully around to like loving it. <laughs> I was kind of grossed out by some of it, but now it's so flagrant and so ridiculous and they post so much of it and they owe so much money. I'm like, get those coins. And you know what? So many fucking idiots click on it and fall for it that I bet it's a pretty nice passive income for them with the amount that they post. I think anybody who has ever been like, because you see a new post on Reddit every day about how people are absolutely outraged at clickbait. And there's some of it, like the fact that Macy lets them post like clickbait about Ryan, like going to jail on On Bentley's official Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, that's gross. That's that's actually gross. But the things where it's talking to just like about Janelle and David on the swamp, like getting high and shit, like, I don't care. really None hard for shit. me to turn that clickbait money down because I think I've heard they make around like five it's always been the rumor that they make five cents a click mm-hmm. but like Kate has like five million followers or something Kate has a lot of followers she's over two million I think and she's posting multiple ones every day if she's getting five thousand clicks a post like oh that's a lot of money on I bet you she's phones. getting more than 5,000 clicks because, you know, we're, like, the cynical, like, fun teen mom oh, viewers who are analyzing it. But most people who follow Kate are probably people like Kate. Kate looks like she click, click, clickbait links. Oh, absolutely she does. And I just, I don't know if I was in their shoes if I'd be able to say no to it, honestly. It's, it's just, just such easy income. The whole, as I get older and I really examine the whole, like, social media influencer reality TV thing. It's kind of just like this, it's silly to an extent. Like there are content creators who create good shit. I'm not talking about y'all, if, if you're listening. I'm not talking about the Liz Bentleys of the world. Um, but a lot, a lot of it is just like, it, it's people. They're just people who have managed to make themselves into a brand, mm-hmm. even though they're just a human being. 
Yes. And there's only like so seriously, Kim, there are people dying. (laughs) Like, that's how I feel. Like some people have like actual careers where they're actively ruining the world, like on a real level. Like, so like some of the reality TV stuff I have time for, but some of it, like the clickbait, like, uh, I just, I can't reasonably be upset about that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So Uh, The producer is trying to talk Macy down and he's like, well, you guys like don't live together. Like, (laughs) You don't have to be near Farrah. Like it has nothing to do with you. And as you said, like Loki is like, you're a hypocrite because they bring up Amber and all that stuff. And Macy goes, I feel betrayed. My feelings are really hurt. Macy because she thinks she really thought she was the queen of each one of them. It's crazy. Except Kate. Because I think Kate Kate and Tyler come the closest to being, like, normal, well-adjusted people on the show, despite, like, their mental health stuff. That is my truth. I 100% agree with you across all casts, like, Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2. I would absolutely agree with that. Kate and Tyler are the most normal, I think, in a way that, like, if you were at a party and Kate and Tyler were there, you, like, might not even recognize them. Because they're just, like, normal people that, like, fade into the background. And I think that they have stayed pretty true to themselves this whole time. And I think it's because their lives are really small and in a way that's actually been very good for them. Yeah, people will often talk about, like, how their lives still suck because they still live in Michigan. People attack the state of Michigan a lot. And like, I know. fuck, I know there's economic depression, but like people are from there, dog. Let me like, tell you, my listener, Saad, who I've met in person. Hi, love you. She lives I in know Michigan. Saad. Hi, Saad. She lives in Michigan and she just was on, I believe in like a Detroit suburb. Her house is beautiful. She has an amazing backyard. And she was just on a vacation in like, I don't know, somewhere in like upper Michigan, maybe the upper, I have actually no idea, but somewhere in Michigan. It was so pretty. It looked so fucking pretty. And I've seen like a lot of like campgrounds and shit like that in Michigan that look really great. And I will say that my brother was born in Detroit. There you go. Like people, people shit on them for staying where they are, but Chelsea lives in fucking South Dakota and people cape for that every day. Like racism and cowboys. Okay. They live (laughs) near their family. They have a low cost of living. Where where would they move? The reality is most people don't move very far from their hometowns. And I think Kate and Tyler are small. I, I think the reality is, is that they kind of for whatever reason, like, know who they are. And I think, this is mean, I think it's because they're not very pretty and because they're not that smart and because, like, I think they're, like, just normal enough to be like, oh, I'm very normal. Yeah, and I mean, more power to them for it because yes. we have this example of Teen Mom where Macy thinks that she has some sort of clout or pull with Viacom and gets made looks to look so stupid in so the rest stupid. of this season. Especially saying she was going to keep Bentley off the show, and now in this season, she's fucking, like, taking <laughs> Bentley to post on My Pro Anna so he can lose three pounds for wrestling. Um, we've seen Macy's Farrah like, do get it. in the bathroom and throw that up. Right? We've seen Farrah do it, saying, like, the show is nothing without her. Amber. It's just white trash. Amber, like, my show. Girl, this is this my, my show. show's about me. Yeah. <laughs> Kate and Tyler have, you know what? They've never stomped on and been like, this is my show. Wait, you know what the funniest thing is? I'll never forget when, 
Kale and Bree got in a fight and she got Leah and Chelsea at that reunion to like sit with her on the couch as she like confronted Larry to be like, we're not doing the show if Bree's on the show. And you can tell Leah and Leah and, Chelsea. Leah and Chelsea are like, wait, what? Like They were wait. sitting there looking like dumb and fucking dumber. Like, wait. <laughs> we didn't agree to this. We don't care about Bree. <laughs> that episode because you called it collective bargaining. Oh my god, Kale tried to form an impromptu union. <laughs> Chelsea's like, wait! I like Louis Vuitton! Please don't fire me! And, we got, and people bring that moment up and say that that was an example of Kale being a bully to Chelsea, and that Chelsea's just too intimidated to fight Kale, so that's why they pretend to be friends. Like, <laughs> people think this stuff goes deep, man. No, Chelsea's just like, I see this bitch twice a year, and I, so I'm friendly with her. Me send a couple texts. Like, who cares? Chelsea's like a fake person who's never been very nice. Like, I don't know why people think that, like, it would, it's just because, like, she's fierce. You know why? Because Kale is large. So mm. they're like, poor skinny Chelsea is afraid. <laughs> I mean, it really, Kale like, sit on if, her. if I was Chelsea, like, I would be friends with Kale. Why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? You'd be like, hi, love ya. Like, you comment on each other's Instagrams. You text, like, four to five times a year, and you see each other at the reunion. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Also, Chelsea has, like, so little personality that, like, what what does Chelsea not like about Kale? <laughs> like, Chelsea's friends are fucking, like, <laughs> apparently one of her best friends was out here being a prison guard who was fucking the inmate. God. So I'm sure, like, I don't Kale know having I... a baby daddy is, like, not, like, the thing that's putting Chelsea off. I don't know if I talked about that on this podcast, but um, there was, like, a someone on a, this is a very weird way. So someone on the Jesse James Decker, I believe her name is, subreddit, who she's like an influencer, left a comment, I don't know how this came up, about Chelsea's friend, uh, not Brittany, Laura, Ling Ling. Ling. <laughs> That's how we know her, Ling Ling, because Chelsea has her in her phone as Ling Ling, a line from- Chelsea's not a good person. Yeah, Passing exactly. On. It's like a movie quote, but it's like, okay, but that's a racist movie quote. Like, yeah, like okay. Rob Schneider is also not a good person. Rob Schneider, like, in, like, dresses as all different races and, like, plays them mockingly. Like, maybe we laughed at that in 2002, but, like, that's not okay that we, just because we laughed at it doesn't mean it's okay. Right? Like, I really loved Fifty First Dates, and it was hard oh, for me when God. I realized that, like, Tom oh, the funniest parts of the movies were parts that would have been funny if he had not been in, like, Hawaiian face. Like, so, like it just, woman it wasn't Hawaiian face. Like, that, his role is so bizarre in that movie. <laughs> you know, Adam Sandler and um, Rob Schneider had that weird, like, our Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, weird, you know? But weird, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so Chelsea's friend Laura is a prison guard, which I knew for a lot, like, I knew that because I, it's a more rare job. You know, that, everything lives. But when, it, when you see that, you're like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what Chelsea Grace does. Like, does she have a job? Like, but she when works you see, as an eye doctor. Oh, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> we did know that. Um, but when we see, when I see a, like, prison guard, I'm like, huh, Okay. And then somebody left a comment on this random influencer's subreddit saying that Chelsea's friend had just gotten fired and was being investigated because she was caught with, like, prisoners' nudes on her phone. 
And then Reddit said that we could never speak of it on like the main, well, not the main, RIP to the main, it still exists, but it doesn't really. Um, but on long name on Reddit, like it, the discussion about it was disallowed because it was quote unquote speculation, even though they've been talking about David's penis for like a full five days on there. Oh, don't get me started. I can't, I can't with any of that. Um, so yeah, back to Macy. So Macy quits the show. She like stomps out and MTV's just like, okay. But the interesting thing is that one, I think they weren't sure how to deal with people quitting the show yet because this had not happened before. They hadn't fired anyone. Like they didn't bring Farrah back originally, but they hadn't fired anybody. Nobody had quit. So I think they weren't sure how to deal with it because they kept filming the Edwards. And I think they also kind of knew Macy would be back. Yeah, I feel like they had probably made all the appointments to meet up with people already. And Macy was probably the first and they were like, mm, that didn't go well. Let's see what everybody else has to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least stretch this out for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like and then we'll like coordinate macy's goodbye i guess <laughs> oh macy goes this is she goes good job you you got me angry and this is the last reaction you'll get i'm like this is you angry you're so boring and dull macy's dull like not just boring because like plenty of people are boring macy's a dull person Macy, I think, interestingly, I think Macy may be one of the ones that gives me the, like, more of the secondhand embarrassment to watch. Yeah? Why do you say that? She's, like, such a stoic person, and she comes off, to me at least, as being very self-conscious, and I also Mm. read Bulletproof, and there was this one part of it that, like, it stood out to me so fucking much because she said something about how like she's careful with what she says because she never wants like words that came out of her mouth um, to make her sound like a dumbass. And I was kind of like, oh, Macy, but you spent years on TV doing that. I was going to say, that sounds, that seems exhausting to like have to be on TV and be like that because I mean, I don't think that way. And that's how I can have a podcast. Like if you yeah, thought and, like, that she way, drinks like... so much while she's on camera and shit, it's just, it it's, makes me really, un- I, I've always been uncomfortable watching her because I really always felt like she had something to prove to herself. Mm. But well, like when yeah, she spent a million she, yeah. years going to college and how she kept like saying she wanted to be a journalist, even though it was like, Macy, you can let that go. Not everybody does the thing <laughs> that they said they wanted to do when they were 18. Wait, I wanted to be permission. a fucking engineer. <laughs> We give you permission to let that go. <laughs> so I don't, I, like, I feel like with a lot of the other girls, a lot of them have issues, a lot of them have false egos, but I feel like they have a more tr- true sense of, like, I don't give a fuck. Interesting. I could definitely see that. I think that Macy, I think you're right that Macy feels like she has something to prove. I think she's still, like, very obsessed with proving that, like, I'm a successful teen mom when, like, truly nobody cares. Truly nobody cares, and I don't think that she's truly fulfilled by a lot of the things that she's done with her life. Uh, I don't think so either, which is why she seems so dull and drunk all the time. Yes, and it's just like she's never really going to admit that. It doesn't seem like she blows off steam because, like, I don't know, like, Kate actually pursues therapy, like, Caitlin fights on Twitter, fucking Amber, like, has a machete, like, everybody else seems to at least (laughs) let some shit, like, go, but Macy always seems like, she's like a fucking news anchor, she still thinks she's a journalist, like, she's always putting on this, like, stoic professional face and making sure that she's talking in such a measured way, and I don't know, something about her life makes me cringe, because she just seems, like, so fucking miserable, and even, like, I I think- think she probably uh, I don't makes know. You, I can't describe it. I think she probably makes you cringe because she's the closest to normal. 
without being there and still being on this show. And she's not because she, I think sometimes on TV, the people that are closest to normal without quite being normal can be the hardest to watch because it's like, you should just be normal. Like, like these other people are so far out there that like, I can accept them for who they are as reality TV stars. But with Macy, it's like, she misses the relatability and just becomes cringy. Yeah, I definitely think that's what it is because I don't feel that way about Chelsea. When I look at Chelsea, I'm more of just thinking like, oh, you stupid bitch. <laughs> but that, that's basically it. Like, it does, her shit doesn't really make me cringe because I'm just like, oh, she's just living her dumbass life. Like, whatever. <laughs> but oh, basically, God. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I really think that's it. Sometimes, like, I think the thing with reality TV is like, it's like, you know, Goldilocks It's like, people can be like too crazy or they can be like, not, I don't know. That's not a good analogy. It's just when somebody's too close to normal, you like are observing them in a different way than you are everybody else. Yeah. And I don't think that, like, I pr- think that Macy's personality probably isn't like, remember when Kate said she didn't vibe with Bristol Palin? Yeah. Because she was like, she was just fucking there. And Kate and Tyler yeah. were like, yeah, she wasn't like, hey, what up, girl? Like, I feel like Macy is never like that, except like Agreed. when she does it, like when she gets fucking hammered, like when she lived in that tree house or her yes. bachelorette where she like let that Chippendales guy crawl all over her. <laughs> just kind of, it seems like a sad existence. So we go over to the Edwards house and Ryan comes over. Bentley's not there because they don't want any, Macy doesn't want any accidental filming. And Jen is being her very diplomatic self. I think Macy's really done. And Larry goes, all these kids are shitheads that got rich too early, basically is what he says. (laughs) Larry's part took me the fuck out. And the person I was watching with couldn't fully understand why it was so funny. Then, then I showed them the Ryan driving high scene and it, it made more sense. Um, but just the way that Mimi Jin said whatever she said and Larry was responding to Mimi Jin but looking Ryan dead in the eyes and said like five sentences this is what in he said, a southern he said. drawl and was basically like, you know, I think a lot of these kids were running around doing what they do and not realizing the consequences would catch up to them, just staring Ryan down, who we do not yet know has a really serious drug problem that he had already gone to treat- treatment for. Correct. So Kiki brings up, Ryan is like, I don't really appreciate that what they went behind my back. I think Ryan was still feeling a weird loyalty to Macy here and like didn't want to be shitty on Macy for some reason because I don't think Ryan really cared um still wanted to fuck Macy yeah probably and maybe they had been well no because she'd been with Taylor for a little bit at this point she's pregnant I think this is when he was like in that weird I think there was a weird time when Macy was pregnant with Jade that Ryan was kind of like oh she's really gone yeah and he did say that he had just broken up with Shelby in this episode so he didn't have shit he he needed somebody well and I think that's probably like if you're major you've just ended a relationship that was on and off Dallas is long gone. You had been hooking up with Macy in between Dallas and Shelby. Then you're in this shitty relationship and you kind of turn around like, oh, let me see what's going on with Macy. And like, this guy has moved in. They're having a baby. They're playing family. Like, I can see you're like in a weird space with that. Did you know that Dallas had a baby? I think I did see that. Happy for her. 
I know, I really hope that she's doing well because she seemed like oh, really unwell after like Macy basically like fucked Ryan and being Macy while her mom was dying. Uh, was literally, why Dallas was going to like care for her dead, her dying mother. Ryan was fucking Macy on camera. Yeah, that was. Imagine that. Imagine seeing that. Poor Dallas, who was like such a cute girl from California, so just nice. moving to Tennessee and finding herself wrapped up in Ryan. Like of all the she was random athlete. shit to happen. She was an athlete. She was a track runner at her college. Like then, oh god, god, getting with Ryan. She's probably like, I bet she like is laughs at that now, and it's like, what the fuck was that? Like what happened? I just, I saw that, like, it, I can't find her old, like, the Fitsation Instagram, like, mm-hmm. and that was a really dark journey, and mm-hmm. she stopped posting on it for a long time, but it was still there, and I looked for it recently, and it wasn't there, and I was like, okay, so sis, it was, like, lucid enough to log in and be like, <laughs> no, I'm deleting this shit, so I really felt like that was a good thing. That By is way, a I'm good thing. this. Sorry. Perfect. Um, so... As I said, Kiki brings up Amber and her past, and they want to give Farah a chance to talk about her past, and Larry goes, all y'all made some poor decisions. It made them feel that they were invincible because they were so young, and they didn't have to listen to anyone, and they thought it would last a whole lot longer than it did. (laughs) And Ryan looks literally exhausted. Like, he he had walked a thousand miles after Larry said that and just, like, rubbed his face and got up and walked away. Because you know they have they have had this fight with Larry screaming at Ryan. You guys spent all those money on drugs. You're not gonna be able to get money. This shit's gonna be over, Ryan. You don't know what you have. Larry probably didn't give a single like serious fuck about Farrah and what she was doing. Like maybe Jen and Lara don't know Farrah. They don't know Farrah. They don't see her at the reunions. She doesn't (laughs) exist to them. Who cares? Truly. They like imagine them like watching Ferris Porno in the bedroom together. I mean Larry probably like watched it on the computer in his like study. You know what I mean? Like, I mean we know that Michael has watched it, so it is what it is. <laughs> do you remember that time Michael got catfished? Yes, I do. I mean the fact that both of her parents have gotten catfished and Michael do you remember the part he said about that weekend he had? Yeah. Oh, it was so weird. Michael has a lot of weird, just, like, fetishes and, like, shit, guys. Like, look it up if you want to know. I'm not going to repeat. Thank you for not bringing that energy on this show. But, (laughs) uh, so, the, Brian is going out with his friend, and it's a very weird scene. Like, I feel like we haven't gotten a scene produced like this in quite a while. It was a very weird scene, and I feel like, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. That says my internet connection is unstable. Um, I feel like just the, it was very hard to watch if you didn't know what was going on in the background context of it. Because I had yeah. to seriously explain what was going on because the concept of it is like really weird if you're watching it cold. And since it's been so long since they've broken the fourth wall, we're just like more used to it. Mm-hmm. And they have also gotten better at it because it doesn't feel as just like in your face. Like we're producing now. Yeah, I agree. So he and his friend are like in a hotel room downtown is what it seemed like, right? Yeah, I guess. I didn't know where they were. Is that maybe what downtown was, Chattanooga looks like? Yeah, I guess. Maybe it was his friend's apartment and he's like, well, I broke up with Shelby. And the producer goes, hey, could you ask Ryan if he's talked to Macy? <laughs> 
See, that's the part I don't get about that. Because now the producers just ask them the questions. They do. The producers just ask them the questions now. And I think they were still trying to figure out, like, how they were playing it. And I also think because there was a friend there, they, like, wanted to be able to film a scene with Ryan and his friend. And, like, just weren't... I think they, like, that whole first season, they weren't really sure how to do it. Because it was, like, a novel concept. Like, they were really trailblazing this. Yeah, I think that the show just, like, needed it so badly because, so like, it badly. worked for Amber Scenes. Amber Scenes is where, like, the fourth wall breaking worked. Yeah, because she had no friends. She needed yeah, to talk to producers. And I would also producers. say, like, well, Farrah's, they kind of created their own problem with needing to, like, reintroduce Farrah. Yeah. But Farrah, like, for some reason, Heather was the only person who could, like, get through to Farrah, like, better <laughs> than all the therapists Farrah has ever yes. had. Truly. That was often worked really well too because oh my god, this was also an episode where Farah was filming with that neighbor lady. Yeah. Oh, I forgot when she showed up, I was like, Oh my god, remember in that episode that they aired where they were I know all exactly watching their what you're talking I, about. I know you do, where they were all watching their old footage before this season aired as like a catch up. And it was Deborah, Michael, Farah, and this old lady that lives next door to Farah. <laughs> out Farrah, first, like five minutes because Farrah and Deborah start well Deborah's like oh baby goo wasn't this so great and Farrah's like no mom no mom that time was not good and then she turns around she's like I can't have her here this is like some family things that we need to go over it's like oh my god that's the first time I remember thinking like oh Farrah ain't right no more like her brain don't do like it used to did yeah, like, she, if you go back and watch, like, the earlier seasons, like, it's definitely there, and you see it, but that was, like, oh, some shit happened. Like, Farrah's brain got a little mangled in whatever she was doing in the last two years. Yeah, and I, maybe it is all mental illness and trauma, but I remember distinctly watching that episode and being like, oh, Farrah's on something now. I think it's mental illness, trauma, and drugs. Like, I think Farrah does a lot of drugs. Yeah, I feel like Farrah's the kind of person who does, like, prescription drugs, so they're not, like, real drugs. Yeah, but I also think she probably does a lot of coke, because Farrah is around, Farrah is probably escorting, and men that get, like, the, um, spend the amount of money that Farrah probably charges on escorting do a lot of coke. I could easily be persuaded to believe either one. I was thinking that I could see her easily abusing Adderall because she could yeah. get her hands on a prescription very easily. Yes. And I can see Farrah being a like no must, no fuss type of drug addict. Yeah, I agree with that. I I agree that it's mostly the prescription drugs, but I think like the life she's living is just like fuel like those type of people are just like fueled by Coke. Oh, wait, actually, Farrah admits that she had been, like, doing coke in her book, My Teenage Dream Ended. Oh. <laughs> she said she did it, like, three times, like, after Sophia was born and had been, like, smoking weed and going to parties. Sounds right. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, you know, Farrah, you know, who knows? That's like what she was doing when she was, like, 17 and had a newborn. So, like, honestly, it's been 10 years. I don't know what she's up to. I feel like when she's in Dubai, like, with those men, like, they're doing coke. What <laughs> happens in Dubai stays in Dubai. Let's hope. Uh, so Ryan and his friend are talking about Macy not filming, but Ryan's like, isn't this repetitive? And he turns around to the camera guy. He goes, come on, it's repetitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just looks as like, do we really have to? Just film us. <laughs> like, 
Remember how Ryan used to get on Twitter and he would be like, MTV says I have to tweet this episode, so here I am. <laughs> I like Ryan because he engages like just enough for him to be watchable. Fucking Kyler was like very similar to Ryan in that he like didn't want to participate in a lot of the shit, but Kyler was young and it's well, Ryan was like 19, but Kyler was a young teenager. So yeah. he just acted like a little prick because he didn't know how to handle the discomfort because he was just at that age where people can't very easily. Remember the reveal of like Kyler was raising his siblings? <laughs> Do you remember when like Lexi had a whole second secret pregnancy and another baby with Kyler? And, I do like, remember. <laughs> and people on Reddit like seem to forget like that they were terrible to watch together <laughs> and are just like, she seems happy and doing so well, like good for them. And it's just like, she had another baby at like 19 with that guy who doesn't like her does not like her. Anytime I see him post her, I'm like, Kyler gave Lexi his login. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, so Ryan, uh, Ryan, like, isn't mad that Macy isn't going to film, and he says that he doesn't blame Macy for not wanting to associate with Farrah, because Farrah does pornography and sells fleshlights of her ass and her vagina, which is not untrue. I mean, it's not untrue, and I'm not going to sit here and act like that's, like, a wild reason to not necessarily want to be somebody's friend like <laughs> i personally would not care if my friend had like flashlights in stores but you know that might not be everybody's bag man i think it would be crazy if we sat here and pretended like there was no stigma around it you know like it would just be crazy for like i have no idea why people didn't like that it's like because people are prudes and there's a really real stigma around sex work especially in 2000 like now it's becoming you know people are talking about it a little more but like even five years ago we were so far behind yeah and i mean let's be real the way farah like present like i wouldn't want fair to tag me on her fucking instagram oh god no the kind of shit that people comment on there like and those fucking pedophiles that hang out in her comments on her pictures with sophia mm. fuck that like it depending on who a person is and how they market themselves and their brand and how they choose to do sex work you may or may not want to be associated with the type of lifestyle that they live and that's a big thing with fair it is right? kind of scary like and fair does like sex work in one of like i think one of the more high risk scary ways like she goes to other countries i know like natalie holloway we still ain't found all the pieces of her like we can never see farah again yeah i it's really scary and i think the thing with farah it's like they are being hypocrites and it's really shitty that they're judging her but i think they also just hated farah too before this and it like gave macy and maybe ryan like an excuse to like really come down on her because they just didn't like her and it's why the, and people are always like well why don't they come down on amber it's like because they like amber and that really is the root of a lot of this is that i think they've just always hated farah yeah the part i hate about it is like they broke the fourth wall bruh just say you don't like her <laughs> like farah is nasty and rude and mean <laughs> and like not nice to her child like there are a lot of different things that you could say i just yeah pornography thing is an easy thing to latch on to yeah and like take her down with because of the stigma but i think i just resent it because like i know that they don't actually mean it nobody on that show has morals yes agreed and uh this is when ryan says well his friend's like so how many have you bought and he's like none she's nasty she has no morals and then in a brilliant move of editing 
one second later, they show him catcalling a bunch of women. Ryan is not my moral policeman. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Yeah. But I didn't go to the Ryan Edwards School of Etiquette. <laughs> Me neither. And, or the Ryan Edwards School of Morals. Yeah, like, didn't you sell all your dad's power tools to buy drugs, bro? Like, and God only knows how much she cheats on that Mackenzie. <laughs> Let me see how pink it is, Liz. <laughs> that was God. my flair on Reddit for so long because it was just truly so, so gross that other people had to read it if I had to hear that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Farah. Oh my gosh, the stay resistance. <sighs> so Deb is visiting Austin, which I think was a brilliant move to open up Farah's coming back segment with Deborah. Oh my god, nutty, nutty Deborah. Nutty, nutty Deborah. Um, she's been living in Seattle and she's here to visit. And this is then, like, their her friend Paula comes over and, like, whatever. But that's when we find out that Farrah's dating Simon and she is she likes him. He lives in San Diego, but she like isn't sure how serious to get with him because of Sophia and. Then she tells us, being on Teen Mom brought me a lot of negative attention. I even had a sex tape scandal. And they show her, like, on the streets with TMZ. Like, is it true, Farrah? I would lose my ever-living mind if I heard Farrah say in my presence that she had a sex tape scandal. <laughs> like, I having... The person I was watching with obviously knew Farrah was the one who did the porn. Mm-hmm. And they were very confused, and they were like, wait, why is she saying sex tape? I thought she did porn. And I was like, well, because she did, because the sex tape was made professionally with a professional porn star. Oh, so never forget. So that's like, what it was. Like, if you wanted to have a sex, like, if you wanted to do a porn, but, like, actually make money on it, and so leak it as, like, a sex tape, like, you don't do it with a porn star, and you don't have meetings at Vivid where your picture is taken. Like, they're just remember when Mackenzie McKee fundraised money for a boob job and then we'll never, outside the vivid office we'll never forget it although she claims that the vivid stuff was like she was set she had the same manager as fair i think and she said she was like set up for it she was actually the ashley tweeted something about it and Mackenzie was like yeah stupid i was set up and the ashley was like i know so i don't know exactly what happened there but i do remember that boob job fundraiser and it was on that weird ass site remember that site yeah where you were supposed to show your new boobs and masturbate on webcam after you got them <sighs> that was that was a weird time for Mackenzie mckee <laughs> It really was, and I feel like with everything that happened with Angie, like, we've all collectively, like, she's done a lot of stuff, like, we'll still give her hell on the diabetes thing, but, like, certain things are too dark for us to revisit right now. Absolutely. I just, like, imagine Farrah, like, looks you dead in the eye, and she's like, I didn't make a porn. Somebody released my personal sex tape that I did with James Dean that had set changes. Have you seen the episode with, of Dr. Phil with her? Yeah, that's iconic. It was, he takes oh her to God. task. He really does. And it was just so, so bad to watch. Like, I've never met somebody who did something like, this is what I'll never understand about influencers, reality TV stars, celebrities in general. People do things and don't even like invent a fake story. <laughs> <laughs> like they'll just be like oh this happened but it's just like come on bro you need at least like five paragraphs explaining 
If you want to see people lose their minds about this, watch Farrah's season of (laughs) couples therapy. Because not only does she show up without a boyfriend, because the guy that she was paying to be on the show, like, backed out last minute. So VH1 is like, fine, come. Watch everybody just, like, lose their minds and bully the shit out of her over the sex tape thing. In fact... This is why I've always speculated. Um, Dr. Jen on that show said that Farrah told her the worst thing that she's ever heard in her career. And I don't believe that to be true. I believe Farrah had trauma. Of course. Of course Farrah had trauma. Look at Michael. Like we know Farrah had trauma. I don't believe she could have possibly told Jen the worst thing that Jen had ever heard in her career. And I also think that she... Jen was just defusing the situation because the people... They were like about to beat Farrah up. Like the cast was so fucking mad about Farah and being alone and lying about the sex tape. They were losing their minds. And I think that was the only way that Jen could defuse the situation in the house. That was the, and also like, that's a recurring theme of couples therapy. So I never really took it that seriously because it's honestly a trope that they do where there's like one person, usually the woman, there's one couple and it's usually a woman who gets the brunt of it that the rest of the house hates. And then they have to have a house meeting where Dr. Jin tells basically everybody shame on you. That's what happened on Courtney Stodden season. Oh, Courtney Stodden probably could tell me the worst thing that I've ever heard in my life. She didn't actually say that like, it was (laughs) after when um, that girl who's married to Nick Ritchie from the dirty threw money on her and said she looked like a stripper. Dr. Jen basically shamed them and was Nick like, that Ritchie. was a little girl who needed help. And it was, that's basically like what she did with Farah. And like, I mean, maybe Farah did walk back there and tell her something fucked up. But like, I'm Liz, I'm a teacher and I hear horrible, horrible shit. I'm in no capacity a mental health care provider. That's what I mean. Professional. And kids tell me shit that's way above my pay grade that I have to forward to the school social worker. So like, I just feel like if if you go through schooling and internships and then have your own practice, like, you have to have heard the worst of the worst. Yo, listen to an episode of Sword and Scale. (laughs) I feel like that's where I heard the worst shit I've ever heard before, honestly. Literally, I just recorded a podcast episode for my Patreon about Lori Vallow, but I had my friend Fiona on, and we were talking about- Wait, is that the lady from, what is it called, Crime- Crime snoops or web sleuths? No, 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 no. She's the blonde lady who killed her kids recently and they were like missing for a while. Um, oh, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, and we were talking about Sword and Scale because we were talking about true crime in general. We both agreed that Sword and Scale was like the worst thing we've ever heard in our life. Like just the <laughs> most graphic thing that's ever existed. Oh my God, the host is like not the best person in the world either and it kind of which adds to it all yeah I mean it's kind of like sometimes I listen to the show and I'm kind of like I kind of knew what I expected for Mike so I don't know why I cut this on when I was having a good day (laughs) there was one time where like you know how you passively listen to a podcast like at work Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not an audiobook, so you don't need to be listening hard for the mm-hmm. plot or anything. I was listening to an episode of Sword and Scale, and I got up from my computer to go downstairs and smoke a cigarette. And while I was smoking and I wasn't actively working, I, like, started listening to what was happening. <laughs> it's like and someone I- being gutted on, ca- like, live on tape. <laughs> Dude, it was this guy who was in prison, and he was talking about, like, the child abuse that was oh. the reason he was in prison. Oh. 
I won't even begin to get Please. into it, but I was just like, this is dark-sided. <laughs> I'm turning this the fuck off. I actually took my headphones out <laughs> and just, like, stopped listening to stuff because I was like, actually, no. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so, Sophia, oh, Sophia's really turning it on in this episode. Sophia's like, the cameras are back! <laughs> yeah, she's being... Her authentically weird self. She's performing. I love it. I remember how much people used to harp on them, like, thinking that Sophia was, like, developmentally behind. Wait. wait. (laughs) Okay, so someone on Blog Snark, uh, they have, like, a podcast out every week, and they were talking about this mushroom now, Dunzo. And somebody recommended, or maybe I recommended, I was like, yeah, if you want an episode to listen to, you should listen to my episode with Troy on Farah and James Dean. <laughs> Required Person reading. It really ripped is. Ripped it apart. She was like, this is two years old, so maybe it's aged, but why are they saying that Farah lied about being raped? And it's like, oh God, I can't imagine listening to that without the context of knowing who Farah is. <laughs> like, like I, it's so, you know, like, first of all, it's so crazy. And then they, she said, and why are they talking about this child growing into her face? That's so rude. And I was like, first of all, that's the nicest thing that anybody's ever said about Sophia. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, people, people used to come so hard for that kid. And I don't know. Look, I work with children. I don't have kids. I don't really be looking at them little kids so hard because the show is not teen kids. Um, <laughs> but people used to just be like, Bentley is a, and well, Leah is a genuinely a brilliant child. Yes, she's very smart, has always been articulate, very, very emotionally, emotionally intelligent. Yes. Bentley seems like a charismatic kid and pretty yeah. funny. Um, we don't know anything about Carly. And Sophia just seemed like a weird quirky kid like i never saw what people thought was so behind about her her teeth were just fucked up so her speech was a little slurred yeah but like i think people were just like so keyed into farah that it was like this baby has to be fucked up yeah and i mean like kids just develop at different rates like yeah. it really truly has nothing to you can be a bad parent and your kid can develop slowly and you can be a good parent and your kid might develop slowly like and I just want to say, when I said that Sophia grew into her face, that was me complimenting her because she got so fucking cute and pretty at one point. Like, suddenly, Sophia just, like, was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, people grow into their faces. I saw somebody on Reddit, like, earlier this week say, like, homely in the cradle makes pretty at the table. <laughs> and I believe that sometimes people aren't meant to have adult features on a baby head. That shit looks weird, but you grow into it. It's so true like and also I was like reading her comment I was like yeah I guess if you don't know that fair is like a pathological liar who will like take other victims real trauma to try and get a daily mail article like that might be hard to hear Farrah calls herself a widow even though she's (laughs) broken up with her boyfriend before she knew she was pregnant also she has multiple false rape allegations remember the uber driver thing well, she, like, recanted that and said he looked at her as if he was about to rape her. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's definitely real. Like, women know what that he, moment feels like, where if yes. you get away, you look back and you're like, oh, I'm lucky that didn't go more left, because it felt like it was going that way. <laughs> but, like, the way she said he had the look of, in his eye, <laughs> I just, I shouldn't be laughing at that. I shouldn't. But, like, just knowing who Farrah is, it's just, like, I can hear her saying it in my head. And it's, like... <gasps> And that okay, was after Sarah. she had accused him of trying to rape her. 
Like, yeah, like, and then well, it's no, like, no, well, no, he no. didn't actually try to. He just had the look in his eye. Like, she also, like, made up, if you read what she says about James Dean, she, like, made up an entire relationship. She says that they were in Miami together. Like, yes, they, met, they were traveling together. They James met Dean one is, like, time. a sociopath rapist. Like, he doesn't, he didn't fucking know Farrah. Like, I'm sure he doesn't do, like, stuff he doesn't want to do with women he's actually dated. Like, like the thing Farrah, that what are you talking about? And the thing that's so offensive about what Farrah did is that she like co-opted real pain. You know, like Jamesine is a rapist who raped many women who were bravely coming forward and facing such stigma and scrutiny because a lot of the rape happened like on porn sets and like you know what I mean? Like these are already like the most stigmatized women in our society and they were so brave to come forward and speak about it and this is when james dean remember when he was like going to be he was in that movie with Lindsay lohan and he was like going to be so famous and like he was going to cross over and was getting all those articles about him and so for fair to like make up an entire relationship and then just make up something about him it's like i don't care that she falsely accused james dean what i care is that she like took like the voice away from other women because she was more famous and could be louder yeah and the entire thing is really for not because i don't really think most people are even like internet people in general i don't think are very clued into the fact that james dean is a rapist i think his should just start, stop showing up on the front page of pornhub yeah <sighs> and i mean the life cycle of a porn star isn't that long true so i don't think many people questioned it so like fair people still know you as the teen mom who did porn like I, you just you did that for nothing you did it to sell another article yeah. to whoever you sold it to honestly because it was we daily know that mail. like there's it's the daily mail which is yeah. like Ugh. it's just so fucked so up and low but wrong. I, I remember being like kind of people kind of mad when i saw that comment and then i was like actually you know what I wonder what it's like to not be so, like, deeply aware of all of Farrah's faults. <laughs> that, like, that that episode, like, to know Farrah, like, to understand Farrah, you have to know Farrah, like we do. Yeah, and it's really honestly, at the time, Farrah had not built the reputation for being a crazy liar that she has now. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, she told this, like, big giant lie and everything that has come from it has unraveled like yeah. so much that it's impossible to like see her the same way again mm -hmm. but it's easy if you know fair from like 2009 to 2013 or whenever that happened and be like yeah. oh i remember that mtv she was a brat but oh my god like she wasn't that bad yeah exactly <laughs> like if you haven't been following her like i have I, like, I was like, you know what, let me step back and, like, understand that that person probably is just horrified by this and just doesn't have the context and that's okay. It, it's, it's honestly a lot. It takes an encyclopedic knowledge of things that happened that were, like, largely inconsequential over the course of, like, 11 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so this is shortly after Farrah's botched lip <laughs> filler. She looked... I can't believe she let them put that on the show. Farrah has absolutely just no well, fucking shame. Didn't she try and go and botched and later Terry Dubrow was like, she was so rude, like we couldn't deal with her? Yeah, she did go on botched and they like gave her advice to like stop getting fillers and she like ended the episode by saying she was going to get a second opinion, basically. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, so she's like, the doctors are really happy with how I'm healing. And then Deb is like gone for a scene and then back. But in this scene, she's gone. And Heather and Farrah are talking and they're talking about like what the doctor said. And then out of nowhere, Farrah gets this text from Deb asking for money for a facelift. And Farrah turns around to Heather and goes, can you hold on for one second? Because I have to pay attention. Otherwise, people are taking advantage. Can I just say that this moment comes from one of my favorite things to ever happen in the Teen Mom universe? And Deb is asking Farah for that money for a facelift because this is the beginning of Deb being broke because she mm-hmm. cashed out a quarter million dollars of her 401k and gave it to a catfish. Her Honestly, Deb's book about getting catfished is one of the better ones in the franchise. I actually took away real knowledge about scamming. Like, she had some pretty pertinent facts that I did not know. Um, It's so bad what happened to her. It's also, like, Deb, I think, really, I think Deb and Michael were, like, living high on the hog and the recession really hurt them. Oh, Um, yes. And I think they, like, owned properties and stuff, and so the recession was just like, ha, 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 and they really went broke. And I was glad you were coming on for this episode, because later in the episode, Deb says she's had the same job for nearly 30 years, but, like, the catfishing, like, upended her and, like, ruined her life. Yeah, and Ferris said something that I didn't understand, and Joe actually gave me clarity about it. Because when Deb says that thing about, like, 30 years, Farah is like, yeah, and how long ago was 30 years ago? (laughs) And I was just like what what the fuck does that mean and joe was like no she's saying like yeah you had a job for 30 years but how many years ago was that job like when's the last time you worked there that joe is right joe is right and that made so much sense by the way kind of like oh like deb probably like maybe got downsized or had to step away from that job in like 2000 like 10 maybe and like now like fair is the one who had income come in through this porn and that's why deborah and michael really could not like stand in judgment and opposition of her and had to back her up publicly well yeah so a couple things happen when teen mom goes off the air with fair right one is that i really believe fair used to kind of talk about and she hasn't talked about in a long time that she went on those tours of like the strip clubs when she was promoting her leaked sex tape and i really believe some bad stuff happened to her there like See, because that's she said she got like drugged and raped during that tour and that's mm-hmm. some shit that i could believe very easily like Absolutely. the james dean thing i don't think james dean raped you in miami on a trip that you guys never went on mm-hmm. <laughs> not because of anything i know about farah or james dean's character i just think that those events literally did not happen correct but like the whole strip club tour thing that sounds super creepy and shady wasn't johnny donovan her manager i don't see him sending anyone anywhere good I think he, I think he, I don't know if he was her manager then, but at one point he was. Um, But I don't, like, when she said that, I was like, yeah, I could see that. And if you watch, you know, pre-porn and after-porn, pre-porn, Fair is just, like, angry, but, like, she doesn't have as much as the world, the word salad. Like, I don't know. Like, I could really believe some major trauma happened in this time. And then two, obviously, is like the complete power shift that she had with her parents because up until really like the last season of Teen Mom OG, like Fair never had money. Like she had to totally rely on her parents. It was a complete power struggle. She was living in their guest house. Like Deb and Mike could really push her around and then it comes back and they're, she's basically funding their lives 
And suddenly, like, they have no power over her and have to, like, kowtow to everything she says. Yeah, and it's it's just, like, a, a really, really sick dynamic that you don't really see with the other parents on the show. At least. I don't, I really can't no, call not to mind any other parent that has this dynamic. And the very, like, I feel like their family has always had, like, really sick, weird interactions. The way yes. that, like... Deborah does that ooh baby goo voice talks and Michael lets Farrah call him by his first name like yeah well I think they probably always been weird and when it's cutting this way that defends Farrah it's like it's just so much fucking weirder because like at least when they had that weird communication and Farrah still like acted as the child in the family Mm -hmm. there was like the natural family unit dynamic that grounded it and now it's just like you guys are fucking looney tunes yeah I mean they really I can really perfectly imagine, like, what Deb and Michael were like when Farrah was little and just, like, how much they gaslit her. And, like, for me, I think I can understand, like, why Farrah is so – a big part of why she's so fucked up, I think, is, like, Deb and Michael fucked with her head so bad when she was a child. Like, you know how Farrah's always insisting things that are not true and, like, we all know it's not true and she's still insisting it? Like, the sex tape whatever i really think that's like because deb would michael jackson and said like it's like how he used to get like birthday presents even though they were jehovah's witnesses yes yes it's that like i really think that deb would be like we're christian we don't drink like as she's throwing back a vodka tonic you know what i mean and like pharaoh's probably like what and like that's why pharaoh does that yeah and like there was like that whole weird thing where she like wasn't allowed to like terminate Sophia even Mm -hmm. when she was asking her mom to and her mom was like oh no we're Christians I'll never like interfere with a living or a human life but like who knows what the fuck Farrah knows about like Michael and Deb and like Farrah was on birth control so like the the whole thing is very dubious and I can see her just like being a product of all of that like i mean when Deb told even... sophia that dogs don't have souls of so dogs her. don't go to heaven <laughs> she does say something six, and that's the kind of shit that you're told like i mean the the craziness of not letting your child get an abortion while also like really pushing them to give a baby up for adoption is nuts That's the wild thing, because usually, like, the people who are staunchly anti-abortion for teenagers, like, a lot of the times will be those people who, like, rally around their kid and, like, help them and are like, oh, this baby's a blessing in our family and that kind of thing. Yeah, every baby's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, I mean, there's a certain amount of respect I can have for that at least, Mm -hmm. because at, at least it's, like, coached in community and, like, well, love and, and understanding in a certain way even if it's not perfect yeah i but agree Deb was just kind of like i want to get rid is. of this problem but not the easy way i want you to do it the hard way because you deserve it yeah yeah that's exactly what it is it's punishing her oh so fair or deb calls for this um money and she's like hold on let me call you back and she calls deb back and she's like mom i need to know how much the liquid facelift is and then she starts deb starts explaining and then she goes Farrah like cuts her off and she's like so do you need a card or what and deb's like that's great perfect the energy of it was so (laughs) off because it was like okay Farrah, your mom is being annoying but like 
just because she's like because i'm about to leave and start my day and it's like fair you're not going anywhere you're filming with mtv right now (laughs) you could have just not called her (laughs) tell her your money is like tied up in a swiss bank account or something yeah and she's like you have to pay me back so you better start budgeting and then she hangs up and she turns to heather and she goes I'm just saying this to be real, Heather. You shouldn't be doing any cosmetic surgery if you can't afford it because she will not pay me back. And it's like, so don't give her the money. And then she was like, some people talk about me going overboard. Me, I can afford it though. So it's not overboard. (laughs) I was like, those are two different things. (laughs) Not to Farrah. (laughs) Not to Farrah. So then we get a scene of Michael and Austin. Michael was also living in Seattle, but then he moved to Austin, and now we find out that Deborah wants to move to Austin, and she's, De- oh, well, first it's Deborah and Michael, and she's like, I'm gonna see if maybe I can stay with Farrah and Sophia for a little bit, and Michael's like, that's a great idea, and it's like, Michael, you know that's not a good idea. Why would you say that? Michael scares me. Michael? <sighs> he freaks I mean, like, Michael, if you tweet about Bear, like, Michael will be up in your DMs defending her. Like, he... I, I truly feel like I could probably be more comfortable in a room alone with Butch than with Michael. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, I definitely feel like Butch would be creepy and ask me for a blowjob, but if I just said, like, no, I'm not really into that and asked him if he wanted to play darts, he would just be like, okay. Yeah, you'd be like, you want to get a drink? Should we just have some beer instead? He'd be like, that sounds all right with me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, where Michael would, like, tie you up and kill you. Michael yeah. is, like, if if it came out, if Michael's DNA comes back on, like, some weird serial killer shit, I'd be like, mm-hmm, that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. I always knew it. Any unsolved crimes in the Iowa area between, like, 1994 oh and 2010? Plus, he traveled for work. Oh my god, somebody please look into this. He was, he was probably killing ladies all over the place. If anybody sees Michael, get him to bite you so that we can get his DNA profile. <laughs> he, like, the quietness of him terrifies me. The, and you know what? <laughs> okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. Deborah is crazy, so I cannot trust everything that she says. Sure. But she said in her book that during their marriage he was emotionally abusive to her. Mm-hmm. And that he was always very, very highly critical of her looks and her weight. And yeah. would make, like, really disparaging comments about her looks and her weight in front of Farah a lot to humiliate her. That sounds right. And, like, I... Look at how Farah turned out. That seems like it yeah. very much so tracks. Look at Deb and, like, all the different ways she's contorted herself. By the herself. way, not to be rude, but if you look at old pictures... I saw, a bit, like, a side-by-side comparison of Deb from the beginning to now, and I thought you know what? Her surgery looks good. <laughs> you know, I think the same thing, but I showed Joe and he was like a little horrified because he was like, why is she shiny like that now? Well, sure. It's not perfect. <laughs> like Nothing's perfect. But... No, I, I mean, I'm glad for her because she did have a look like, I mean, maybe life with fucking Michael, like prematurely because he's all very the soul. fucking scary. It drained all the soul from her body. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, imagine, like, the quietness of Michael we see on the TV, but then at home, he's just, like, calling you, like, a fat stretch mark bitch. Yeah, like, but he's, like, Adam Lind behind closed doors. Probably like not that. even, probably not even yelling. He probably just looks at you and he's, like, you're disgusting and, like, walks away. Yeah, like, I can totally picture Deborah like, saying something about the amount of money that he makes and her, him being, like, 
I don't know. Like, I can barely afford to feed your fat ass. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Michael. So ugh, he gives me the chills. So Farrah and Michael go out to dinner and Michael brings up Deb moving. And this is when Farrah's, Farrah's acknowledging the dynamics of the family having shifted. Because she's like, my parents should be supporting me, not me supporting them. And Michael is like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Like, does she mean me? Because he's like, family needs also family. fucking relishing in it. So there's only yeah, that's why it's so be. That's the hardest part to me to watch with Farrah is like the joy she gets from punishing those around her makes me like really hate her and not have empathy for her. Because she just like she'll never get better because she's like too dependent on like the feeling she gets when she bullies the people around her, especially her family members. Liz, we should be able to have more empathy towards that because she's a Gemini like us. I know. You should know how misunderstood she is. (laughs) I just like, there's something about watching her like put down. It's not that Deb and Mike don't deserve it. Do you know what I, like, it's not like I feel bad for Deborah and Michael, because, like, if anybody deserves to get bullied, it's Deborah and Michael, but something about the joy Farrah feels, I think what's so hard to watch about it is when she's, like, you know, yelling, like, you're a genius fuckface, it's like, no, but you're the genius fuckface, like, you're the stupid one. I think if she, she was, like, actually smart and put together and, like, was funny and like had some positive qualities it could be like kind of enjoyable to watch in like a reality tv villain way but the whole package is just so upsetting it really it just because like like we said something happened to farah in her brain like at some point during this career or and you know what mental illness for women does typically show up later than it does it could have just not presented until her mid-20s yeah so like it's very something happened to farah and it's like so hard because like she does have genuine points and genuine reasons to be angry but it just mm-hmm. all comes out in like the most like unrelatable way possible because like yes. her parents do seem insufferable but she comes in so fucking hot with mm-hmm. the shit yeah and it's like okay well take a break like back up also it's like at some point I lose empathy for someone who's like screaming about having to take care of their parents. And it's like, okay, so don't, don't do it. Like if, if don't give your mom the money for a liquid facelift, if it makes you this angry. Yeah. Like it's less stressful for, well, and not to say like not stressful at all, but just less stressful to watch Janelle and Barbara. It is. At least I agree. Because the arguments feel more balanced and like Barbara does pick in a way that would make somebody blow the fuck up at her. I, to- so like, I totally agree with you. It's so different. I think it's because those fights feel um, more understandable. They feel more relatable, I guess, in a way. They feel more sensible. And it's like, they're also like on an, a more equal footing and they're very clearly still in their mother-daughter dynamics. And so I think- Yeah, and there's actual stakes because like yeah. Barbara does raise Janelle's son. Like yeah. Farrah is fighting with her parents over nonsense. Nonsense. It's like, so don't let them come around. Like if they, I think that's the thing with Farrah is like, it's hard to, she, she essentially self-harms with her parents. You know, like, I, I don't know if that sounds too dramatic, but like at some point it's like, it's like you're watching her cut herself with like how upset she gets, but it's like, you let, you invited Deborah to come stay. 
So it's at some point it's like I stop. It's too hard to watch, and at some point your empathy like depletes because it's like you're watching someone make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah, I feel like so much of it. Like I know that we can't blame our childhoods for everything, but I feel like Deborah has a lot of. I'm not going to be Reddit and say that I totally think she's a narcissist, but I absolutely think that she has qualities, especially in her communication style, mm-hmm. that are very self-centered and narcissistic. And my like, friend once told me Farah learned how like conflicts work. Like you get to be mad at somebody and make it all about yourself and then start whisper crying. And like that, that's Mm -hmm. how you get in a fight with somebody. Like I learned to like yell when I get mad from my environment. So like, it just, it's very interesting to watch. Yeah. It's hard to watch. One of my friends that's a therapist has actually floated the theory that Deborah might have borderline personality disorder where Farrah is the narcissist. Um, which is why Deb gets so weird and codependent and clingy and like takes on the role of Farah when she's around her. And then Farah just like berates her forever. And I was like, that's interesting. That's definitely interesting. I mean, I could definitely see it too. Like I said, I'm not a mental health professional. I think, yeah. um, God only knows I feel like narcissism is such an in vogue word to say when the mm-hmm. word we're really looking for is fucking self-centered and self-involved. Yeah. What we would have called an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> selfish you know? asshole. Yeah, yeah. She is, but she definitely has traits that are narcissistic for sure. And then Farah has very similar ones. So it's just like they're just like battling against each other in a way that's like so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, and then like Deb has also started doing like the music thing. Oh, I'm obsessed. And, <laughs> and like wearing like these booty shorts and I like, love her long steampunk outfits. <laughs> Oh, the steampunk music video was weird, but then the other one where she was in, like, you know that Instagram girl pose where you're, like, crouched down and you're holding your ponytail up in the air? Oh, yeah. Liz, that lady was born in 1957. (laughs) Like, that's not a joke. That's dead as her date of birth. I just looked it up. She's a Libra, um, and she's born October 20th, 57, dog, like... And this is what she's doing. <laughs> Liz, my mom was born in 58. And I can't even imagine, like, because I showed her, like, Deb's music video because she used to watch, like, 16 and Pregnant and stuff with mm-hmm. me. And she wouldn't watch more than 60 seconds of it because she was like, I don't She was like, turn this shit off. Yeah. It's, Deb is like, nothing makes sense it's to also her. Also Deb, so she was, like, not here for it. Is she so with Doc Deb so with David, right? Doctor David. Yeah, that's a whole sure. other can of worms. Remember that trip they all took to Key West? Oh my God! When Doctor David gave that infamous hug to Farah. Oh God! And like they were like, she was like, David, will you come out with us? And David was like, No, I just want to watch golf and lay on the couch. <laughs> I remember like. When they had that big argument at the table afterwards, Simon talked to Fair like a coach at halftime. <laughs> and he was like, and you're still sitting here, and what are you mad? And what are they doing? Laughing. Like, you, you're letting them get the rise out of you. You're letting them win. I think, I mean, imagine being David and you like, I don't know. Imagine like being married to Deb and then you go and meet Farah. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> As fair is just like screaming, you're a genius fuck face at you. And you're like, what is happening? 
Oh, God. So this is when Farah goes to get advice from her neighbor. Before Farah goes to see her neighbor, she <laughs> there's a quick scene of Deborah and Sophia playing. And Deborah goes, did you know if you put this thing on your finger, it'll pull your skin off? Things her conversations with Sophia are some of the most iconic things from Fair's scenes. Like Pray With Me, Baby Goo, I Don't Like the Rap Song, Doggies Don't Have Souls. Like her like talking to a child should show you why Farah is like fucked off. Troy and I did an old episode and they're at the beach and they called Deborah and Deborah's like, Don't let Sophia go near the water. She'll die. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Who do you want to take care of you, Sophia? Well, she's kind of annoying, but grandma. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um, so Farrah goes to talk to her neighbor and her neighbor is like, I think that you just need to, you know, be accepting. And then the neighbor and Farrah pray together. <laughs> Such a jarring scene. <laughs> but you know what? Farrah has always been she's religious christian yeah she wrote her christian erotic novels i thought she wrote the christian parenting book and then the erotic oh you're right you're right you're right i'm mixing two things together the christian christian erotic novels why not biblical fan fiction that has sex in it (laughs) i'm sure that's a thing i hate that you're right about that that's rule 42 right (laughs) exactly um but farah yeah her christian parenting book i would love to read that and did you read Passy Perfume? <laughs> that was apparently supposed to be a good one. The fact that Ferris published like six books is like truly astounding. So many books. She is like the most prolific author of the Teen Mom franchise. I wonder what her Christian-based parenting is like. I don't even know because apparently the Christian-based parenting she got as a child fucked her up. <laughs> So it's going to be some, like, how to train up a child shit. Oh, God. You know, she tells Sophia some, like, wild shit, like, every once in a while. She'll be like, well, you know, Jesus died for you, right? And Sophia's like, wait, what? Like, oh, like, I could only imagine. I feel like on Christmas there's, like, some weird shit she says about the Jews killing Jesus. <laughs> like, this is the part of the year before the Jews murdered our Savior. Like, I could hear her saying Definitely. that. Nate did an Instagram live yesterday where he, like, was talking about the Good Samaritan story and is explaining what a Gentile is and keeps talking about Jewish people. And every time he says Jewish people, I'm like, I feel like you're saying a slur right now (laughs) well you know that when we like first met I really wasn't comfortable even saying Jew I still don't I don't like saying yeah it's not great honestly it's like there are a few times where it's okay but in the most part I do feel like non-Jewish people it's like Jew usually doesn't need to be said like you can reword the sentence yeah I I usually just like rephrase it so that I can say Jewish or Jewish Mm -hmm. people Jewish Mm -hmm. lady yeah, I, I think that's the right choice that you're making. <laughs> so, yeah, like, Nathan saying it, like... He didn't I say mean, Jew. I, even saying Jewish, like, talking about the Jewish people in the Bible, I was like, that's a slur. Like, you shouldn't I say that. Like, coming out of Nate's mouth, like, it, it's basically, you know, he wants to say Jew real, real bad. He probably wants to say the K-word real, he real bad. He was explaining, but like, <laughs> like, why Jewish people didn't like Gentiles, and it, it was not accurate and it was at least from what I know of it and just like so he was putting like such a harsh spin on it that like the Jews were the evil people in this story and I was like I don't 
think this is what it like I don't and some of the comments were like that's not right like <laughs> no that's like I mean because the Bible is a continuous book about the story of of David so yes. like you that's not, I don't know. Southern Christianity gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say. I'm from California where we believe that like, you know, the, the Jews just weren't all the way woke when the savior came, but that's okay. <laughs> like, we, we all came from the same place. But down South, it gets interesting where they like say the Bible is against interracial marriage, even though there are a lot of them in there. It's yeah. very strange. There really are. I'm always like, Fun fact, if you guys don't know, Moses and Esther, interracial couple. They um, were when he went down there and saved her from those thieves. Everybody, watch the Prince of Egypt after this. That's mm-hmm. a good movie. Queen Esther. Um, after Thea's girls got really into watching that, one day she caught, I was there and they started to, one of them was slave. And, the other, and Thea was like, no, no. <laughs> She's like, no, just don't, no. No, first of all, those were our people that were the slaves. Yeah, guys. but like, she's like, she's like, I don't, I can't get into this, but no, don't play that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's too deep. It's like when I worked at a preschool and the kids were playing jail, like it was all in good fun, but like, no, we're not, we're not going to play jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, Farah definitely hates Jewish people. I'm not sure how we got here, but I'm comfortable stating that. Something, which is fascinating because I was very, very sure that like Pharaoh was Jewish until they like started bringing up Jesus in her episode of 16 and Pregnant. Remember when? I found out her last name was Abraham after that too. And I had forgot about the whole Antichrist thing Deb said. So up until season like two or three, I was very sure that Pharaoh was Jewish. It's because like that Michael's Lebanese, like his Lebanese heritage syrian oh sir is no i think it's is it syrian i don't i all i thought that he was syrian and italian is what i had heard okay that might be it was i think you might be right with syrian and then but so michael's like syrian and italian mixed with deborah's whatever she is like does make her look jewish danish like scandinavian something like that like it did like fair does like if fair was jewish looks wise i'd be like okay that makes sense um farah do you remember when they got sophia's 23 and me and hers back and then sophia's like one percent jewish and fair goes ew or something <laughs> like farah's like oh that's not good <laughs> she said something that was kind of wild oh my gosh like she was straight up like oh no we don't want you to be jewish <laughs> Yeah, she, it was something to, I forget exactly what it was, but she said something that was, like, unequivocally, like, okay, no, don't say that. Like, there was, exactly, there was no confusing what she said. <laughs> she like, found out Sophia's a little bit Jewish, but we're figuring out how to cope with that. Like, <laughs> uh, So, at the end, Simon, Farrah and Simon FaceTime, and Farah Simon starts FaceTiming, or trolling Farah right from the beginning. He goes, you should let your mom move in. <laughs> and she was like, no, Simon, why would I do that? Would you want your parents to move in? He goes, yeah, I'd love for my parents to live here. <laughs> Simon is the teen mom troll. He was the teen mom troll. He burnt him out, himself out way too soon. He got too big too quickly. He got a verified check on Instagram and Twitter. And, <laughs> and lost his mind. 
but because he was too he was started doing weird shit like telling mm-hmm. amber that she was like a fat ass cow every day and then being yeah. like oh if you want to leave matt like i'll pay for it like right doing too fucking much and it was like simon stop it's it's best served as a little appetizer you know yeah. like just every once in a while just come in with some wild snapchat stories and that's it you don't need to go as hard as you do yeah and i <laughs> He did the right thing when Farah and Amber got into that fight at the reunion because he just stood there. He didn't argue. He, didn't he just looked around and laughed. And it was just like, <laughs> that's all you needed to keep doing. Yes. Because <laughs> if he had stayed around, Amber and Matt burnt themselves out very quickly after that. Very quickly. Very, very quickly. Um, so the episode, Farrah's episode kind of ends with Deborah asking to move in and Farah very reasonably being like don't move in unless you have a job here which is very fair like don't, she's basically being like don't move from seattle if you don't have a plan and then she was like you hop from job to job and deborah's like excuse me i worked the same job for 30 years and that as we both noted and joe explained and she says and how many years was 30 years ago <laughs> which i would I'm trying to remember because I don't think Deb was working at the time that she got caught no, up remember? with that catfish because she I... lost her job okay, to she the lost downturn her... of the economy. Remember, she lost her job. I read this excerpt. She lost her job and then she was working at a call center and like- Oh no, that is how the fucking book starts because she said that she was used to making like X number of dollars a year mm-hmm. in 2008, and then she was working in a call center, and she was making $11.25 an hour. I remember that, because I made $15 an hour as a lifeguard at the time. And you're like, damn, Deb. <laughs> I, w- I was really just like, wow, that really life will humble you. Life will humble you. Um, which, honestly, like, good for Farah. That was, I was like, that's a good boundary to have. Like, Deborah can't move in to your house unless she has a job that's lined up. That's totally fair. Imagine like unemployed Deborah like at your house and like no. since she doesn't work she's in charge of like doing the house. Oh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> eat her fucking like pasta sauce <laughs> when you come home. Remember when they were selling that shit on Mama Amazon? and Me? Is that wasn't that what it was called? <laughs> yeah, but it was supposed to be Deborah and her mom. Yeah, it's like who cares about you? <laughs> oh, poor Deb. But really, who cares about you? Oh my, I can't wait to read Sophia's tell-all. Oh God, we have to stay, we have to keep ourselves healthy and alive until Sophia releases a tell-all. And then it's Fuck, fine. I think Sophia's tell-all will be fucking good because she's one of the kids that strikes me as having a lot of authentic personality. I, I mean, I just hope that Farrah doesn't like grind it all out of her. I hope not. I really, I just hope that she like, mm. If anything, I hope she finds a coping mechanism that's something largely harmless, like, I don't know, fried food, or, like, those people who, like, get addicted to doing archery or some shit like that, where they're like, oh, I have to go out to the bullseye at least five times a day. Like, I hope she gets that kind of addiction. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the, when I texted you that we're going to do this episode, you said, oh my god, that's when Matt first comes in and I was like oh my god is it and I double checked and it is and that's why I got so hyped for this episode and this is off the chains this episode Amber segment I I can't believe that we just watched this as it was happening not knowing what was going to happen in the future I I don't think we even knew about 
Matt's kids yet at this point. Like, even on the internet. No. Because nobody really knew they were dating. She wasn't, like, tagging him and stuff. She might not have even been on Instagram in 2015. And I feel like... I don't really remember that many whispers about all of Matt's kids until Gary is the one who brought it up on the show. So I think it came out shortly. I think that Ashley broke it like shortly before it came out on the show. Yeah, but like it was, it's something that happened so fast. Yeah, we definitely didn't know. Like when, whenever Janelle usually know about shit, like, like Leah and the deer cam shit, we knew that a full season before that even aired. I mean, and we knew she was Amber's of Andrew, like, as soon as pictures of them were spotted. Anytime Janelle gets a boyfriend, we know, like, his entire life story within five minutes, like, way before he ever even shows up on the show. But, like, Matt, I don't remember knowing anything about him until he was already on the show. Yeah. Well, because Amber said straight up when the producers asked her, like, why'd she look nervous? And she's like, because I'm about to introduce you to the guy I've been hiding from you. Yeah. Which was very straightforward. Uh, very straightforward so as far as the fair stuff amber's fine with it she's like that's fine um and then yeah they come over and heather's there and heather's like whose car is that and amber goes the guy i've been hiding from you and they were like what and they were like but we left two weeks ago (laughs) and now you have a boyfriend and she's like "Mm mm-hmm i do (laughs) and enter fucking matt Well, the first thing that we find out about him is that Heather goes, what are all these pictures? And Amber says, they're all the celebrities that he's interviewed on his radio show as a DJ. Matt is such a con man. (laughs) I screamed when I heard that. I totally forgot about that lie. Because so much shit with Matt happened that these early lies I forgot about. I always remember that one because he went, it's part of like the bigger narrative because he told that lady who was on Oprah that he was an author. Mm -hmm. He told Amber that he was a DJ because we know Amber likes music and always has. Mm -hmm. That lady who was advocating for child abuse, he was an author who was bringing awareness to child abuse. Because he was Um, a victim. Mm -hmm. When he was trying to connect with girls on Twitter, he was trying to make it seem like he was rich. So he was telling them he went to MIT and studied mathematics to learn how to count cards. Oh my God. Tomlin, I've forgotten so much. Like, I knew this stuff in my brain, but I just feel like so much shit with Matt happened. Matt? Okay, I want to say this on record. I know that Janelle is my favorite Teen Mom character. Matt might be second. I mean, who else really comes second if we look at all of the shit that we have, like, been given by these people? From them just living their lives. Who is above Matt other than Janelle? Honestly, maybe only Amber. Maybe only Amber. Amber's not even fun to follow. No, because because Matt's more fun. Because Matt has so many years of lies that were kept coming out that it was so fun. Yeah, and honestly, Amber is a genuinely sick person without, That's like, true. as much of the fun. Yeah, because Janelle she's is a like... genuinely sick person, too, but Janelle gets up on TikTok and dances to, like, Megan the Stallion. Like, that's exactly. fun. Amber, Amber has, like, fucking issues. That's so true. Her Instagram lives are just her going, hi, baby. Oh, hi from Orlando. Oh, hi. And then, like, listening to music. Like, Amber doesn't give anything except times where she, like, almost murders someone. Um, so she's not as fun. Matt is like, 
I mean, remember when he tried to, like, force Amber into marrying him in Vegas, and then once Bubby was able to break up the plan, Matt called him an F-slur? That fucking, they, somebody reposted that on Reddit, and then they posted a behind-the-scenes clip where the cast was watching that with Amber and Matt. (laughs) Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what Amber's wearing in that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my God, and they're reacting to it, and Caitlin and Tyler look like the two most uncomfortable people there. (laughs) Like, he tried to force Amber to marry him. It was, it was so funny because I feel like Tyler, or Taylor and Macy were buzzed. Yeah, they were like, and they were kind of just like, what like, is this going to be over? Trash. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, Macy and Taylor are like, who cares what this trash does? But like, Tyler and Caitlin really consider Amber a real friend. So they were probably like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I could just feel like Caitlin looked at the screen and like her eyes got big at one part where like Matt <laughs> said that about Bubby. And it was a way where it was, like, Caitlin, Caitlin cannot, like, hide her emotions. She no. really wears them on her sleeve <laughs> and on her face. And Tyler is also a very emotive person, so he was in the back with his hand half covering his mouth, because you know that he knows he can't hide it. <laughs> and he was just like, get me out of here. I cannot deal. I just, like, when, when I heard that DJ thing, I totally forgot about that. The best thing about Matt is that he would just keep lying. And the lies would get bigger and bigger. And he just would keep, like, he, the thing about Matt is, like, he did not care. Like, he came onto TV, like, just being like, yeah, I'm going to lie that I'm a radio DJ. Like, a thing that's easily provable is fake. And, like, I forget what, but, like, I think he said he went to some certain high school when they, like, went to go visit his cousin mm-hmm. because he doesn't associate with anybody in his family except that cousin who looked like a paid actor. Correct. It was probably like a third cousin. Right? Like that guy, you know, may well be Matt's cousin, but they looked a completely different ethnicity from each other. It's just like, <laughs> are these people even from the same fucking family? This guy looks Swedish. <laughs> like Matt looks like maybe Portuguese. He's from like Fall River. But people looked at like the high school he said he went to his yearbook from the right. years he was gone there and he wasn't in it mm-hmm. like, are because you even from massachusetts like probably not matt is like okay did you ever <laughs> did you ever see that documentary about the family that the guy goes the child goes missing and then the guy the adult in france like pretends to be the missing teen the imposter if you guys have yes. not seen the imposter turn this off and go watch the imposter because it's so fucking good matt bayer is like that guy that guy was so fucking weird. Oh my god. So that fucking weird. weird. That's Matt. Like Matt like took on the persona of Matt Bayer. Pretty much. Like, I wonder what his real actual name is. I'm, I'll never forget when that Judy lady, the child abuse lady, like got on Twitter and was like, um, I just turned on MTV and saw my ex-friend who tried to like marry me and came up with this whole persona and I figured him out, so I kicked him out. Um, I just saw him on Teen Mom. Like, she was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, she was so asking horrifying. him if he was really a drug addict. Like, he was claiming. I don't think like, he no. was. No. Yeah. Was- Matt, okay, Matt was not a drug addict. No. Nope. Like, he sat down on the couch, and when they asked him what he was addicted to, he was like, same stuff as her. Like, it was but the most I- unconvincing. Like, okay. we need to go over this whole thing. So, he sits down on the couch, and they explained that they've been best friends for six months, and she didn't want to put the first date on camera, which I get. 
she's like gary's wanted to do things normal and it's like amber if you think anything about this is anything resembling normal because you waited one date (laughs) okay girl so she says that gary's met him and matt brought her two dogs and she's like can you believe i have dogs and i was like oh my god was amber not always an animal hoarder I, I never hear her post about them little fucking dogs. Anymore. I think she so still I, has one dog, a big one. I feel well, like Matt had to take his hoard of, because why were they all chihuahuas Matt, and tiny little dogs? Matt did take his hoard of little dogs with him, I think, some of them. But then Amber had the big dogs and, like, the cats that they got together. Remember the, when they got those cats and the cat was, like, running with its back up, like, a cr- and then, like, hiding in the top of the kitchen? Like, yeah, and she was like, oh, he's adjusting. Like, what? <laughs> So then we find out that they met on Twitter and Matt says, here's what I tweeted. I can't do Boston accent. I said, I found it odd that Amber Portwood has 65,000 followers and Janelle (laughs) Evans has over a million. And then we talked on the phone for seven hours. And I thought if that is not a tap into Amber's psyche, I do not know what is. I cannot think of something that is like a more sad springboard of a reality TV star getting involved with a fan. And, like, let us not forget, because I often forget this part of the story, that Matt had been tweeting Farrah trying that's, to fuck her. That's the part I never can forget. <laughs> the tweets, oh and it's funny, God. I was thinking about that this morning because Demi Lovato just got engaged to somebody that is an actor, but, like, 10 years ago had all these tweets about how he was in love with Selena Gomez and, like, Stan oh. Selena Gomez. And I was, and, oh. and I was, uh, me and Matilda, who listens to this, were... uh, texting about her dming about it and she was like this is like matt bayer when he used to tweet all the other teen moms and i was like oh my god because i'm literally talking about that tonight and you're so fucking right oh demi yeah they've been together for five months things are things are going quick for demi Uh, i hope she's happy and this is not a crazy impulsive decision but i think it probably is but Can I just tell you that I did not know what Demi Lovato was famous for until two months ago when I sat down with my roommate and a friend and they really wanted to watch Camp Rock. And I had already like kind of aged out of that. Mm -hmm. But like it was with Sam and you know, she's like like a few years younger than me. Yeah, she she was was like her peak. Oh yeah, it was just in the prime demographic for it. Yeah. And like towards the end, they like said something like we were three quarters of the way through the movie and they were like, yeah, some Demi Lovato. And I was like, that's Demi Lovato? Yeah. Well, this should make you happy because there is a Patreon episode coming out soon about Demi's YouTube documentary that she did in her life. Okay, I, I, already record- I actually watched, well, I didn't watch it, but I, wa- I let the whole Netflix trailer play about it. <laughs> So, like, I felt like I watched it. I've, I've already recorded it. It will be out in the next couple weeks. So, lots to talk about Demi Lovato there. But, yeah, so Matt was tweeting at Farrah. He was tweeting at all of them. Remember? Like, they found tweets about, like, everybody. It was so, he said that shit about, like, Kalen being, like, ugly and fat or whatever he said and wishing that Kaiser was born black so that, like, Nathan would beat Janelle. Like... <laughs> wild wild shit he was tweeting oh god and then yeah as we find out so matt they talked for seven hours on the phone and then he came to visit he said he went home last week for 18 hours and boston already didn't feel like home i was like that is psychotic i i cannot fathom it as somebody who lives in boston i'm very unsure how you can spend 14 days in uh indiana (laughs) 
and <laughs> want to suddenly choose up and move there. But I mean, I'm not a con man, so I guess I can't really. I mean, first of all, how iconic. Matt got Amber to fly him out. He's there for two weeks and he's like, all right, you got to find me home so I can go get the dogs and get rid of my apartment. But then I'll come right back. And she did it. It's really, so do you not believe that she didn't know he was moving in? Um, we'll get there. I'm like 50 feet, whatever he told her. He like told her like, I have to go take care of stuff and then I'll be back. And she was like, okay. So she bought him another plane, another round trip ticket. Like, yeah, like, I feel like he probably, I kind of genuinely believe when he was like, no, I got rid of it. I feel like he told her that that was like in his like plan soon. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I I'll agree. come to visit again, but I have to finish out my lease, but then I'm going to get rid of that apartment so I can come be with you, and then probably just up and did it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think he was like, I had to go get the dogs, I had to go take care of some stuff, uh, somebody's coming to get my couch, like, yeah, I'm sure he didn't say, like, and then I'll come back, I'm going to go get rid of my apartment and then come back, but, like, the fact that he, like, got in there, and, like, within two weeks, he's like, all right, this bitch is going to let me move in, and then she did, like, he he's good at what he did with Amber. He knows how to pick them. I really think that's what it comes down to because some people seem to think that Matt is some like genius master manipulator. No, he just is good. good. He has good marks. Yeah, he knows pigeon when he sees one. So this is when we find out that he, he goes, Amber's like, we have a lot of the same issues. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm an ex addict. And they're like, oh really? Like with why he goes, same stuff as her, you know, same stuff as Amber. It's kind of like, do you remember that time that, like, Dr. Drew asked Mackenzie if her and Ryan had been getting couples therapy, and she's like, huh, yeah. (laughs) In just, like, the most, like, unconvincing way possible. It was very much that same vibe. Like, yeah, same stuff as her. Uh Uh-huh. Totally addict. Yeah. God. And Amber's like, he's a lot older, so it makes me feel better because he's more mature. And I was like, oh, you little (laughs) dum-dum. And they were like, how much older? And she's like, 19 years. And... (laughs) And this is where the tiny fleck of self-awareness that Amber has came peeking through. Because she's like, it really did bother me a lot at first. And it's like, Amber, that was your intuition and your good sense talking. Listen to that voice. And then one of them says, you can't help who you fall in love with. Oh, that sounds like something that Matt would say. Uh, So they go to see Gary. um, Or we get to see, well, first they're driving around and and Matt's like, there's a lot of corn here. And Amber's like, yeah, it's Indiana. It's known for corn. And he's like, what? Isn't that Nebraska? And she's like, no, it's Indiana, which I guess they do have corn in Indiana, but it's absolutely Nebraska. That's known for corn. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Indiana, oh, Indiana's known for the Indianapolis 500. That's what it's known for. Sure. And like the movie Hoosiers, which Matt brings up when he's like, what's a Hoosier? And, like, I believe, like, I'm, it makes sense to me that Indiana has cornfields, but when she was like, no, not Nebraska, Indiana, you idiot, it's like, no, Amber, (laughs) Nebraska is known for corn, that's why their football team for their college is called the Huskers. (laughs) I don't think Amber is very worldly. I don't think so either. So, okay, this is when this crazy scene happens. Amber calls Gary because Lee is going to come to her house. And Gary is like, do you have everything that Leah needs to go to school? And I don't want you to send her to school looking ghetto with a Payless bag. 
And Amber's like, ghetto? What's ghetto about a Payless bag? I have everything. <sighs> and then they, like, get into this big fight about, like, if Amber has the stuff that Leah needs for school. And Amber gets so quickly escalated over the question. Gary is being a dick, though. Oh, I, Gary's I agreed poking. with Amber when <laughs> Gary was like, I don't want her to be ghetto with a Payless bag. And it was like, okay, Gary, well, why don't you send her fucking lunchbox over to Amber then? There's nothing wrong with taking your lunch in a plastic bag. She's going to the third grade, not a fucking country club. Also, like, ooh, I had, like, a full-body cringe at ghetto. I was like, ooh, ooh, were people still saying that in 2015? Like, ugh. And Am- no, it's Gary being an asshole because he knows that, like, he knows that Amber doesn't have a lunchbox for her. And so, like, he brings up the one thing that's going to make Amber mad. He digs. He digs, but Amber, like, feeds into it. Oh, because he- Gary likes the reaction and Amber always gives it to him. And that's why they're so motherfucking toxic. Because Gary pokes because he knows Amber will give him the reaction. Exactly. And so they hang, Amber hangs up and then Gary sends her a text calling her bitch and says, you know what? You're going to owe me an apology and talk to me. Talk to me with respect before you get Leah. Let me know when you learn, let me know what, when, what you learned in prison kicks in. That was terribly unflattering for Gary. It came off very, very bad, especially because this is post-prison Amber before she's really even done anything. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like after he had been going back and forth with Amber and Christina. Christina's like newly pregnant at this point, I think. And it's just like, why are you fucking around with Amber like this? Like, stop it. I know so much more about Christina's divorce. I would love to know more about her cheating on her husband with Gary. (laughs) I... But we never will because her ex-husband seems to be a sensible man who doesn't want his he or his daughter associated with any of them. I know. It's really rude of him. (laughs) He's probably, like, a good person who didn't deserve- that's the person that makes me sad. He's probably like, how the fuck did I get here? (laughs) Right? Imagine, like, because maybe he was abusive and neglectful and, you know, Christina genuinely found comfort in the arms of Gary. Maybe. That could happen. Maybe. On, On some planet, that could be a thing. But, like, imagine he was just, like, a regular guy, but, like, I don't know. I think maybe in Indiana, I could see Gary having game- I mean, Gary had money. It had money. He kind of had, like, the years of being on TV and getting a little attention, so maybe mm-hmm. he came out of his shell a little bit, had a little charisma. Yeah, that's very true. Christina, this... isn't she, like, five or six years older than him? So yes. She, she was, like, in her 30s, and he was still, like, a 20-something guy who had, like, money and, By like, the a way, house. It was always reported that Christina is 30, like, eight, but she's actually 33. Wait really Mm -hmm. so this year on her birthday someone posted that it's christina's birthday on reddit and then i was like and people like wow i can't believe she's 38 and i like i was like yeah she's significantly older than gary and i like linked to the whatever it said on google which cited her as 38 and christina posts and then some girl on reddit was like no she's not she's a year older than me in high school and i was like that girl's a fucking liar because look at what google says and then christina (laughs) posts commented on her instagram she's like i'm not sure why people think i'm 38 i'm 33 that that sucks that genuinely sucks i really thought she was like six or seven years older than gary but only two i think Wow. Okay. At any rate, wait, do you know who that also happens with all the time? Who? Whenever people discuss, like, dates of birth for the cast, people get Adam's birthday wrong, because there's a baseball player named Adam Lind. Uh, So people will 
post like fairly regularly that Adam was born in like 1982, which would make him like <laughs> so much older than Chelsea to a creepy ten years, extent. Like yeah. literally 10 years older than her. Yeah, and people always get like, oh, that's disgusting. And it's like, Adam was actually born in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, so being like 19 on the show. On Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Lisa Vanderpump's husband is named Ken Todd. And there's a like a soccer player also from England named Ken Todd, who's like 30 years younger than the Vanderpump Rules guy. And so constantly, like I'll hear on podcasts, people Googling the age of Ken Todd and they're like, what he's only 62 like how is this possible because the real Ken's like 85 (laughs) people like lose their minds and every time in my head I'm like no they'll be correcting that next week because a lot of people are gonna let them know (laughs) that's really funny uh so Matt is really mad he's mad about the text and Amber is like wet over it Amber's so excited that like I mean she's such an easy mark. Matt knew exactly what she wanted from the beginning. Like Amber just needs somebody who's like, I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Like just constantly praising her. And like, when he's like, I want to talk to Gary about this, like any sane person would, first of all, in any normal situation, Matt would have never met Gary yet. No, not at all. That was like one of the first things Amber said about him because they were like, does Gary know? And she's like, Gary's met him. It's like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, you've known him for two weeks. It's weird that Gary's met him. But Amber, like, and then a same person would be like, no, like, we are not serious at all yet. Like, you're just visiting me right now. Like, you're not actually going to talk to Gary because this is something that Gary and I need to handle. But Amber's like, okay, sounds great. Look, I understand producer plots, but I think the part that floored me more than Amber, because Amber's crazy and let that crazy man she met at Walmart change her daughter's diaper. Um, So she has no judgment, known that for years. And I know that they're on a show, but the fact that Gary sat down and entertained that conversation. That's very true. And you know what? Gary will do a lot for a camera. I think people underestimate how much Gary is willing to perform for MTV. I really think that Gary like gets it, you know. Yeah, I Gary's like I don't ever want a job. Gets it the most. Gary's like I make a lot of money and I don't. I think it's um a twofold thing. I think one, Gary has very little shame. Like naturally, I don't think he's a person with a lot of shame. Yeah. You know, like at all. And I think that means that he's like willing to play ball with producers in a way that a lot of them aren't. And two, I think Gary, um out of all of them has like the most understanding of how much money he's making versus what his life would be like if he wasn't on MTV. Well, yeah, because Gary was like, well, Amber was like 18 when Leah was born, but Gary was older, like 21. And he was a CNA. Like, yeah, he was working. He worked a job. He had a car he had to pay for. He had an apartment he had to rent. Like Gary had adult responsibilities before Leah came around. And he's like, I don't want to do that shit anymore. Yeah. And he was like, a CNA isn't an easy job. Like, and he's like a bigger guy. I'm sure he was the one. He worked at like an old folks home at some point. I'm sure he was the one who was asked them. to do like heavy lifting mm-hmm. and like moving people and stuff like that. Like he probably like genuinely knows what it's like to go to work and break his back. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do that again. So if MTV wants me to go and meet with Matt, like I'll go and meet with Matt. What do I give a fuck? Yeah. And he keeps his head the fuck down for everything else and just like 
cashes the checks as they come in. Like he doesn't seem to have gotten, I mean, I'm sure there's a level of ego that he has, especially when he was yeah. still with Amber and like hooking up with girls, mm-hmm. but we never see Gary making demands. And it's just like, you know, because he's along with Amber, they are the ones that gave MTV the idea for the spinoff. Yeah. But he doesn't act all big in his britches about it. Yeah. He really, I think, I really do think the lack of shame, because I mean, he was like selling Gary's condoms. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't care. And so I think those two things together make him very down to do this type of shit. His biological father is a white man named Michael Jackson. Like, Iconic. <laughs> there's only so seriously that you can take things in life. <sighs> God. So yeah, Matt and Am or Matt and Gary meet up and Matt starts this by saying can I ask you a brutally honest question, just guy to guy? When you guys were te- doing that had text thing the other day and you called Amber a bitch, that made me mad. What you say still affects her because you have custody of Leah and she feels like you have all the power. And Gary's like, you're right. <laughs> I, again, it's the entertaining of this conversation. It's just kind of like, what? He's like, yeah, I shouldn't call her a bitch. He's like, look, I like to joke. I shouldn't do that. I, I'm so confused. You like Gary, you shouldn't call Amber a bitch, but Amber, like, who are you? <laughs> what what are we doing here? Who the fuck is Matt? And also Gary, Amber's been the mother of your child for like five years and went to prison and shit. Like, why are you still calling her a bitch and poking her? Like, yeah, why is Matt the person who needs to tell you that's inappropriate? Yeah. Matt also he says, you know, Gary, I know you're a good guy. If I didn't think you were a good guy, I wouldn't be here. And once again, it's like you don't know Gary, actually. You don't know Gary, and also, like, you're old enough to be his fucking father and are dating his ex. Like, I'm not sure how much of a fuck Gary cares about your estimation of his character. And then he goes, we're going to be in each other's lives for a long time, and if you and I can talk things out, it will help. That's psychotic. He had been with Amber for two weeks when he said this. Absolutely crazy, and he's talking about Gary using, like, Leah for power, and it's like, Matt, you don't have anything to do with Leah. You shouldn't know Leah. Like, you shouldn't know about the intimate details of how her parents co-parent. You should never have met her at this point. Like, why are you mediating between these two parents who have been the parent of this child for half a decade? You know production. Your own children. So on reality TV, they watch, like, the footage back. They call them dailies. And you know in New York, they, like, got those dailies and popped it in. And we're like, holy shit, we've hit gold. We've hit gold. Who is this guy? Like, what? Like, who is he? What planet did he come from? How did he find Amber? How did we get so lucky? <laughs> right? Because... You know, you know all of that shit when Nathan came where people said that he was like a hired actor to like yeah. clean up Janelle's image, which I always thought was a very, very nutty like theory. Very nutty and because why would MTV care about cleaning up Janelle's image, first of all? I don't, I like really don't even know. Every time somebody tries to walk me through one of those theories, it's like, okay, but the premise you started out with is like so far off <laughs> yeah, that I can follow you. Exactly. But, um... Like, the producers didn't have to produce anything. Like, Amber just gave this to them. <laughs> no. They're like, well, I've met this guy. He's a ra- I bet somebody did a Google, like, Matt Bauer, Matt Bauer radio DJ, Boston, and couldn't find anything. One of the producers, and they're like, this is great. I lived in 
Johnson at the time, I can assure you that ain't none of us knew or had heard of Matt Bayer. He was not DJing a goddamn thing. And Amber just brought him into my life, even though Matt was so much closer to me before Amber introduced him on Teen Mom. <laughs> it's honestly, it's just like the little things about life and how small the world is. Seriously. So every day. Um, the producers, after the the talk, Amber and Matt, like Matt recaps it for Amber and Amber's like on cloud nine and Amber's like now he knows not to now he knows to leave me the fuck alone and it's like oh god (laughs) oh god and then they go and pick up Leah and this is when the producer is asking Matt about going back to Boston he goes I mean I have nowhere to go I gave up my apartment like he says it's so casual (laughs) like it's just a totally normal way that people operate in relationships yeah he's like I just don't have anywhere to go and just Amber's unexpectedly like, unexpectedly move in with people. She's like, What? You didn't tell me that. And he's like, Yeah, I did. And she said, No, you said that you were giving away your couch. And he goes, Uh, they're coming to take away all my apartment stuff out of my apartment isn't an indicator. And Amber, you can tell, like, has a look on her face where she's like, Should I care about this or no? And she decides no. So she's like, All right, shit just got real homey. Yeah, like. And, you know, she's surrounded by psychophants who are trying to get the shot and get her to keep talking to the camera. So nobody stopped to say, like, hey, this flag looks a little red here. (laughs) Matt, like, I guarantee you, he told Amber he got rid of that couch. And then, like, it's so smart, too, to be, like, to tell her that he's just getting rid of the couch so that he can get there and back. And then, like, when he says, I gave up the apartment, and she's like, no, I gave away the couch. He's like, no, I told you I gave away everything in it. Like, I thought you understood what that meant. Because it's, like, just This is a great example of actual fucking gaslighting. Exactly. Because it's just close enough to, like, the thing he told her that Amber's like, well, I guess he did tell me he was getting rid of all the stuff in his apartment. Like, so many people will use the word gaslighting for when somebody is just, like, an asshole Mm -hmm. or lying. But, like, Matt, like, you could see especially, oh, my gosh, that scene you were talking about earlier where Matt was trying to, like, force Amber to marry him. You could see the confusion of her, like, truly doubting, like, her recollection of events or, like, her knowledge of how her daughter would react. Like, when Matt was saying, like, oh, Leah wants us to get married, you could see Amber being like, that doesn't sound like Leah, like, (laughs) but why would he just say that like yeah you don't want to believe that somebody would use your child against you to like force you to marry them you know yeah exactly like you can see he does her so well. in this scene like kind of like she gets a look on her face like is she gonna get mad or not and she's like yeah fuck it this sounds right and i think i think matt is very smart in how he does this at least early on because he knows that amber wants him there You know what I mean? Like, he knows that Amber wants him to live there. So when he's like, isn't this what you want? And she's like, yeah, it is. Like, so he knows he can get away with it because she wants him there. It's truly sick. It's so sick. I can, like, Amber is such a mark for him. Like, Matt is truly, like, the definition of a con man. Amber is such a mark, and uh, Matt is also, like, living proof of something that I believe, like, wholeheartedly, that you do not have to be very smart to be an excellent manipulator and con man. Agreed. Because con is short for, like, a confidence game. Like, yeah. that's 
that's what a con is called because you just build people's confidence in you to the point that they like will believe the crazy shit that you're saying yeah like you don't have to be a genius because the lies he tells are bad because that's the majority of people who hear them but he knows how to pick who he's talking to and how to keep the con going that's so true because if matt would say I don't know. Like Matt, what he does is he tells a big lie. And then if the person doesn't call him out on it, he keeps going. And when the person calls him out on it, he's like, okay, on to the next one. And he probably sat on that phone for seven hours with Amber, just like testing what she would believe. And he was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like, and he's had so much practice doing it to so many other people that I think Amber was like, his like, it was like going to the masters for him. (laughs) I mean, he left, he left her house with $50,000 in cash. Which is truly crazy. That one reunion where they like talk about it on video yeah. chat. Yeah. And she's like, where's the fucking money? Not now? even on video chat. He called in so we couldn't even see him, I think. We were oh, just listening man. to his voice. Oh, that's where I think I'm getting two different things confused because I feel like we could see his greasy face. I, I, don't I feel like know. that's when he was deflecting from something else because I'm Maybe. kind of in my mind's eye, I'm picturing him on the couch another time they were fighting. See, I'm picturing like the camera on Amber and us just hearing the voice of Matt, but oh, it's possible. Amber still had that awful Marilyn Monroe blonde. Yeah, it's possible that he was on camera, but yeah, she's screaming, Where's the money? And you know, this is when Matt like was so done with Amber because he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like he was, he was like done. The interesting thing about Matt is like once he had like, I think Matt knew when to get out of Dodge. Yeah, well, that's because he's a fucking con man. Like I truly think that Andrew is just like a crazy man. Well, okay. Andrew is like a person with issues because he doesn't give me the same. Like yes. he might be like a bum who wanted to bum off Amber. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, he Matt moved to Indiana without a job. Like he's a yeah. bum who wanted to bum off Amber. Of course. Matt was playing a game, and when yes. he realized Amber wasn't going to marry him, he tried to hold out as long as he could so he could up and leave with fifty thousand dollars. But he knew the game was coming to an end. He didn't yeah. stick around for the machete. Exactly, and I do think that Matt and Amber had physical fights. Yeah, but I feel like Matt and Amber's physical fights were more like fair fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like I one think of those like mutually abusive relationships yeah. where like Matt is like genuinely fighting and defending himself. Yeah, as well I think as being abusive. Well, I think Amber would attack him. Matt would fight back. Matt would probably just like tear her apart verbally. I think that. Andrew is just someone that has like a lot of mental health issues <laughs> and remember when he wrote that post saying that he was announcing he was trans now because nobody cares about men's domestic violence oh God. yeah he's that just... was during the time he desperately needed to log off I think that he has a lot of mental health issues and I think that he genuinely didn't know what he was in for with Amber <laughs> and I think I'm that... sorry I'm not laughing at the trans thing but like just, just how crazy it is. It's just an asinine thing to say. Yeah. Like, people don't give a fuck about domestic violence in general, bro. It was well, that's crazy because it was like, since when do women get all this justice? I know that men aren't treated fairly when it comes to this issue and like when it's raised, but it was just, the whole thing was just Well, that's men like, realizing like when they're like, no one cares about male domestic violence. It's like, no, no, what you're learning is that no one cares about domestic violence. Yeah, so, so, like, the whole thing to me was just a special level of, like, oh, you don't even realize, like, 
how bad so many different parts of this come off. I don't think that Matt, I mean, that Andrew really realized, like, how bad Amber would be. And just, like, how far she would go. And, like, how, how, like, like, how how hard she would try to tear him down emotionally as well as physically assault him. Like, I just think that he like, didn't realize what he was getting into. And Matt's like cracks his neck and he's like, all right, let's go. You want to do this? Like, yeah. And Matt has no fucking feelings because he's a sociopathic yeah. con artist. So like, what would, like, what was Amber saying to Matt that he was old? Matt didn't care. Yeah. Matt was like, okay, fat bitch. Like, yeah. Like he probably called her fat and reminded her that he still fucks a 20 year old and all the other hot girls he cheats on her with in Indiana. Uh, And laughs in her face. Like when she was like, you're old, he's probably laughing in her face. Like, you want to fight bitch? And then when, when she called Andrew old, Andrew's like, what? Why would you say that? Like, I really do think that. Like, you're so fucking old and boring. You're wearing a fucking sweater. I will never forget that. Why are you in that sweater? And he goes, you bought me this sweater. <laughs> oh, my God. The Amber and Andrew tapes were so dark. But I had to, like, I had to pause it at that part. Because that was some of the funny. That was, like, up there with when she was like, I have the best internet. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite Amber moment. I have the best internet. <laughs> fucking sweater. Oh, my yeah, no, because it's crazy, and I really do think that Andrew, like, has feelings and has a lot of mental health stuff, and so it just, like, he probably just, like, went totally insane, where Matt was just, like, <laughs> try it again, like. Something about, like, Amber and Matt makes me, like, mildly nostalgic for having, like, an older, like, mutually abusive boyfriend in a fucked up relationship. <laughs> like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. just, like, kind of the excitement of it all. Well, yeah, and, like, that feeling that, like, we're both fucked up, like, right? like Liz, something think fucked about up your early happen. 20s and how much shit used to happen to you, like, I, on a weekly basis. I, like, I was gonna tell a story, it's too much, I can't even. <laughs> Life used to be too much, like, too much used to happen. Too much, all the time, all the time was too much happening, all of the time, and, yeah, Amber and Matt make me, I think Amber and Matt were such a perfect pair because Matt was so skeezy that he made Amber, uh, like, redeemable in a way. Right, because Amber has always been, like, the most hate, like, even above Janelle, like, when Amber was, like, beating the shit out of Gary and, like, going to prison, like, she really got dragged through the mud in terms mm-hmm. of what people thought of her. And, right, like, I feel like I wouldn't, it's not that, like, I think that it was good for Amber, I don't feel for what happened to Amber, because she got manipulated right after her father died, and after she was, like, a very young woman who had been addicted to drugs going to prison, like, I have a lot of empathy for her situation in general. Was her dad, I think he was dying, right? Because didn't Matt meet her dad, and then he died, like, six months later? I was under the impression that her dad had died shortly before she, like, actually had met up with Matt in person. Oh, okay. Because her dad had cirrhosis of the liver, and that's what he passed from. Right. But either way, if it's not before, it's, like, very early in their relationship. And he was dying. Slowly. Painfully. It's too much. Matt is, like, the same fucking age as her dad. It's weird. But, like, I guess the only way I can phrase it is that, like, 
let's say all of that had happened to Leah and Leah went to prison and got out and got with Matt. Like, I probably, I don't even like Leah like that, but I probably would have been heartbroken. Yeah. It would have just been so sad and hard to watch. Like, Leah with Jason was hard to watch, and he wasn't (laughs) even, like, that bad of a guy. He was just low-key Dirty John. (laughs) Low-key, yeah. (laughs) But he never really did anything. No, he really didn't. (laughs) And Dirty Jason was still, like, so weird. So if Leah had, like, been with Matt, I would have been like, that is just a real, like, tragedy in Leah's life that'll probably, like, throw off shit a lot. And you know, Matt wasn't good for Amber, but Amber also didn't get in fucking machete trouble when she was with Matt. Well, she gave away all of her money, and I'm sure they got into a lot of fights, but I kind of think that Amber could, like, take Matt yeah. in a way that, like, other people couldn't, because Amber is, like, somebody who can go toe-to-toe with someone. Well, I think you're exactly right that, like, Matt was down to play the game, and, like, mm-hmm. there are no cops getting called. You know what I mean? Like, I think Matt also kind of knew that calling the cops was, like, a last resort uh, card for him. Like, that's my big gun, and I'm not going to pull that out because it's actually easier to hold over her head constantly than I'm going to call the cops and, like, get you arrested. I think that was probably, like, a game that they were playing with each other. It's so sick. Where Andrew was probably just like, I'm going to call the police now. Like, it's time for the police to come here. Like, I don't think, I know people think that he was, like, manipulating her by filming her and recording, but I really don't think it was that I think it was finally like okay something really out of control has happened I've never been this scared and I have all this evidence so I'm gonna call the cops to protect myself and the baby where Matt was like you want me to call the cops Amber do it again do it again Amber and I'll call the cops like that type of thing so much more about the miscarriage that Amber and Matt had do you think that was real I want to know so much more Liz like was it like do they know what caused the loss of the baby? Was Matt disappointed? Did he try to get her pregnant again? I, I that Matt doesn't take care of his kids. So like maybe he was relieved when she miscarried because it was just more money for him that wouldn't go into raising a baby. I want to know so much. I, I know. know so I know. I have a lot of questions. If I could be a fly on the wall in anybody's house and go back in time and be like Matt and Amber at their worst. I would, I love, would love to, to know. See it. Remember when Matt was like hitting himself in the face so he could take pictures and make it seem like Amber had beat him up and he admitted to that but then he was like but she does beat me up though yeah and then he had those other pictures that he sent a fan with like scratches all over his body and then in like bruises and he was like Amber did this and then he was like no JK like I got into a fight at a poker game at a poker game that was always Matt's go-to Jeff. Remember his poker buddy, Jeff? Of course. Do you think they ever actually played poker? No, never. But Matt was always doing weird shit like that. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Remember when that girl accused Matt of raping her in Vegas? Oh, my God. After he already had that one lady who claimed that years ago and then killed herself in the following Oh, my God. I forgot about that. No, that's... Matt is dark-sided. Matt is dark-sided. Yeah. It is... It is very, very unnerving for those um, tweets from Cancer Mom, because that's what she was calling herself. That is what she was called. I forgot about the cancer aspect of it. <laughs> like, oh my god. And he was trying, she had, like, met up with him because he had, like, told her that he was going to give her money for, like, this nonprofit she was trying to start or some shit. Like, yeah. Um, that yeah. was really horrible. Matt already had accusations like that in his wake. Amber took him and Leah to that weird, like, sex motel with the vibrating bed. Never forget. It's like, Which just go is, home. Just stay at home. Just stay at home that night. Leah, Liz, 
imagine being a sick child. Like, do you remember how sick you used to feel when you were sick as a child? Like, sick enough to throw up and not go to school? I'd be like, please don't send me to my mom's, and especially don't let me go to a motel with her and my, her creepy boyfriend, where we had to sleep on a round, vibrating heart bed together. Oh, uh, like, vibrating heart bed. Like, I... I can't even process that. My mom was really weird about hotels and motels when I was a kid because she just like never trusts them to be clean enough. Sure. And I'm not nearly as like squicked out about that mm-hmm. as her, but like I, like for example, I never put a hotel comforter on my body mm-hmm. because I know they don't throw those in the washing machine as often. They, don't. they just don't. They don't. I worked, it's at, a fact. I worked at a hotel. It's a fact. Yeah. Um, but like things like that, I can't escape. And the fact that they were all just all up on that comforter, like feeling the bed vibrate while this child is already sick. That's how COVID <laughs> got started. COVID like started Leah's in that hotel. Mixed with whatever is in that mattress. That is so true. Tomlin, I think that's a great note to go out on. <laughs> that really does kind of wrap it up. I mean, it really wraps it up. Tomlin, thank you so much for coming and joining me here on Feathers in My Hair. If you want to join my Patreon and hear me and Tomlin talk about other stuff, what else did we talk about on that? Um, we did Dance Moms. <laughs> right, and Trading Spouses, God Warrior. <sighs> yet, yet dark-sided, as yes. I've said many times this episode, so you guys will love that one. And we're going to do Toddlers and TRs in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Oh, I forgot about, I feel like I thought that I dreamed that low No, I just like, I'm so far booked out that I'm like, people are like stuff. I'm like, I'll talk to you in September. <laughs> I'm excited for that. You guys should definitely go become patrons. I like am on the show like several times and I'm a patron. So don't think you're too cool. You can do it. Uh, Tomlin, thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. Night, Lizzie. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.